0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pigside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown and Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 119. In this episode, we are going to give our NBA Eastern Conference preview and predictions. This includes talking about each team's ceiling, their floor, the additions they made, and also giving our final seedings prediction at the end of the show. This is going to be a phenomenal episode. I can't wait to talk about it. Yep. Preseason of the NBA has already started, so we have seen some of these teams play, and we have seen how their offenses are looking so far, a la the Chicago Bulls. (laughs) So we'll talk about all that today, and I'm glad we're talking about basketball. It feels like the season just ended, but it never ended for us because you guys that are watching and listening have been showing so much love to our basketball topics, even with even during the offseason, where topics are extremely dry. But shout out to you guys. Before we get started, a Patreon shout out to Brian Jean Baptist, Ricky Bennett, E. Enzo Tomga, Matthew Jimenez, Sean Solis, Sean Rice Family, John Pintavelli, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Kat Stevens, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George Garcia. Akari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua. I don't know Acqua. what River's doing right there because you're supposed to give an extra applause. Riv he's shrugged lazy. it off.
1: He's lazy. <laughs>
0: That's your cue. <laughs> Whatever. And also on Discord, it's not, you know, you don't have to be part of our Patreon to be honest. So if you guys want to join, yes. the link is going to be in our description box down below. And honestly, just being honest with our audience, if you subscribe to our Patreon, that is really appreciated. We try to do an exclusive episode. But in all reality, I don't think you're getting any additional benefits that you would usually not get. I think we're pretty much operating from a non-paywall. And look, we're doing the questions on TikTok now, you know. I kind of felt bad about it uh, like earlier when I was thinking about it because I'm like, man, the people that are subscribing to our Patreon are really subscribing out of the love for the podcast more so than the benefits they get from it uh, with the exclusive stuff. So That is just amazing to me. They've been real. So let's get started on this episode. We're going to go from one to 15. First team, the Philadelphia 76ers. They were the number one seed, 49 and 23 record. What is your idea of this team? They they might not have Ben Simmons. What's going to happen what, what are you guys thinking right now about this team?
2: Well, I'm going off the assumption, as of right now, Ben Simmons isn't going to play, and they don't have anybody they got back for Ben Simmons. So this is a team being led by a guy who was in the MVP conversations when he was healthy, Joel Embiid. I feel like he had a strong candidate to be the MVP. His backup mate, Tobias Harris. You know, Tobias Harris put together one of his best consistent seasons, being as he walked into the regular season, he was consistent, and then even in the playoffs— Aside from a few hiccups, he was mainly inconsistent for that. He was mainly consistent for that team. Seth Curry had a great year last year being that guy, that shooter. Sometimes he played on ball. Sometimes he was one of their lead playmakers. Now, this team, you know, for the most part, they're bringing everybody back. You know, Danny Green is back. Tyrese Maxey, year two. They drafted Jaden Springer. You know, they have Andre Drummond now, a guy who's comfortable in his role now, backing up Joel Embiid. I think this this team's ceiling, <sighs> It's probably like a six, seven seed. You know, I just losing Ben Simmons, one of your defenders, your lead playmaker, a guy who, for all the knock we give him, for all the narrative behind it, he's still a very valuable player for that team, especially in the regular season. A guy who can literally do everything aside from shoot the basketball. It's going to be tough. I mean, you have defenders that can definitely fill that void: Matisse Thybul, Danny Green, guys on the perimeter, Tyrese Maxey's a really good defender for his position. So you have guys that can fill that void. And of course the scoring is still going to be there cuz now it's more spacing for Joel Embiid. You can put out four shooters including Joel Embiid you have five. You're not going to be able to double team. So I think it's good and all and all but you still Ben Simmons that def- defense, that playmaking, you know, it's going to be a huge loss. So ceiling I can definitely see a 6-7 seed. I don't see them dropping out in the play in though. Like their floor is de playing. I still think Joel Embiid is great enough to get them in a play in or in the playoffs. I don't see them dropping out at that all. But I'm just like looking at the roster, you know, losing Ben Simmons is huge. That length, that height, that jack of all trades. So that their ceiling would be a six seed for me and their floor is playing. Now, do you definitely believe Ben's not gonna play? I can't give you a definitive answer. I think, and I said it on the pod uh, last week or two weeks ago, so I think he'll eventually end up playing, but I can only go off of the assumption of today. So as of today, no, he's not playing. Cause he hasn't it, even reported to training camp. My
1: analysis is based off Ben Simmons playing, and because I do believe he is going to play with the 76ers. I just don't think that he's going to sit out and miss out like you guys spoke about. I'm missing out on all that money. And I think he has too much to prove to not play, because you, you're only as good as your last performance, and his last performance wasn't the best. And I think him needing to get on the court, him show off his skills, like, listen, you don't think my trade value is here, but I'm still Ben Simmons. So ultimately, I do think he'll come back. With that in mind, Philadelphia 76ers with Ben Simmons ceiling is the one seed. Last season, we saw it. Not many not many people going into the season thought that the Philadelphia 76ers would be the one seed last season. Of course, you looked at the Nets. With Kyrie and KD, prior to even getting Harden, Nets were probably the favorites to be the one seed. Milwaukee, same thing. You know, their ceiling was the one seed as well. Now, with Ben Simmons, with having a chip on his shoulder, having something to prove, their ceiling should be the one seed. Their floor for me is probably, with Ben Simmons, four or five. The East is getting talented. The Nets' trio now is going to play a full season together. It's possible they are the one seed. You look at Milwaukee, same thing. They just won a championship. It's possible they could be the one seed. So I'm looking at the 76ers. I'm looking at if the issues aren't mended. That could that could have an impact on the chemistry of the team overall. Uh, but truthfully, I don't, I don't believe that it's going to be that big of an impact. I think that Ben Simmons has something to prove this season. I think he's going to be improved from last season to this season. I look for his numbers to go up. I look for his aggression to go up. Because if not, then people are right about him. And I don't think people are right about him right now. Or she don't think that. I don't
0: I don't think Ben Simmons has that drive because if he did he would have never taken the comments of the fans of the team personally like he did he played bad simple as that and for sure if he had that mindset of okay I played bad but I'm going to prove myself now he would have reported training camp you wouldn't have been hearing these reports this is alarming I don't think Ben Simmons has that mindset where he wants to be the best player he can possibly be my biggest question for Philly who's going to be that third guy is it is it going to be Seth Curry is it going to be like who else Danny Green Corknas
1: is Thibault going to develop are you saying without Ben Simmons yes
0: without okay. Ben Simmons because I don't think Ben Simmons is playing the third guy's probably going to be Seth is he ready to take on that type of role though I am not sure the Sixers without Ben Simmons are a 15 and 15 team they're a 500 team flat. People are going to realize his true value once Philly starts losing sure. without him. And that and that, I think that's a perfect scenario for Philly, right? Because if you're winning without him, well, we can't trade anything for Ben because, you know, you guys are winning. He well, wasn't course. that valuable. If they start losing, if they tank to the and going from the one seat to the plane, oh, Ben Simmons yeah, value shoot shoots up. up. Oh, you know what? Wow. he, he and Look at all these advanced analytics. So that's probably best case scenario. I think they're... Ceiling is a three seed, though. If Embiid stays healthy, I think they can get there with it's Tobias Harris inch. scoring 20 a game. Exactly. And my predictions for Philly is mostly based off of Embiid not staying healthy the entire year. Because we haven't seen yep. it yet. And their their floor is a playing team. They're, they are. There's mm-hmm. a chance they don't make the playoffs. I think they'll be right there. But this could get really ugly for Philly and for Ben Simmons' camp. This is just a mess of a Before situation. Before you give your two
1: cents, I want to say... My take on if ben isn 't there because you guys are i i'm i'm pretty much on the same track as you guys without ben simmons i 'm not fully all in on Philadelphia that being said, Seth Curry being the third option that 's basically what he was last season in the playoffs for sure but let's let's on be, offense on offense oh for sure yeah. But what else are we really talking oh, about? Yeah, saying, yeah, you you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So I think they'll still have success. I think Embiid's going to be forced to be more dominant. I think Tobias is gonna to be forced to be more assertive as well, probably take on some more facilitating role that I don't know if he's probably ready for it. He could, he could definitely do it, but I don't know if he's gonna be best suited facilitating the offense. I think Seth Curry is going to be more than capable. We saw him take on more responsibilities last season. He definitely thrived. I think it'll continue on to this season. So I don't think that it's too much of a drop off without Ben. Do I think they go less than 1 without a doubt without Ben? If if they were without Ben next season, they'll probably drop to around 5 or 6. That that'll oh. probably without Ben, that'll probably be their ceiling for me, 5 or 6. I mean, you lose that t- t- yeah, 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 apologize. Just, I should yeah. No, I didn't say that. You're right. Thanks for helping me out there. No, without Ben, their ceiling is five or six. You lose that defensive presence. You lose that athleticism, that ability. That hurts.
2: Don't be surprised if we see a Tyrese Maxi breakout. That, that, that's No, that's, that's a Yeah, game. for that's, sure, man. That's what I think, you know, I've seen a lot of the MIPs. He can be a sneaky dark horse. You know, I think he'll get that starting one spot. You know, this is a guy who can defend at a high level. This is a guy who can score. He has that mid-range pull-up. And he, you know, he's a sneaky underrated playmaker, and they're going to need guys like that to step up and play that position because you're losing the one of your best playmakers on your team. So don't be surprised on the Maxi, you know, takeover. But they have shooters still.
1: Who so takes it, over the point guard role? Would, would you? It's going to so be Maxi. Okay. last year
0: per thirty six average eighteen and six around five assists ish. Like, man, he's this kid. And when good. he
1: came in during the playoffs, he really sparked. A- he,
0: I think, and you know what I th- I like about Maxi the most is that I think he does have a killer mentality. I think he is a dog, and he's a great basketball player. He can step up and be that third guy. Yep. You know, and I, I'm, Ooh, I'm, I'm glad you say that yet. I'm glad you mentioned that Tyrese Maxey is there because that's somebody I didn't forget about, but I didn't get to yet. Mm-hmm. But with their additions that they made, like Drummond and Niang, I don't really see anybody stepping up. I think Niang is a good floor spacer. He's going to be cool. Drummond, it'll be all right. But Maxey is the guy that I think has to take that next step for Philly to at least remain... As a threat in the East, somewhat of a threat.
1: I mean, that's pretty fair. I mean, re-signing Danny Green was also huge for them. You need that three and D type player. He was huge for them when he went out. He was definitely missed. Andre Drummond is interesting because at this point in time, are you taking Dwight or Drummond? I'm t- you I think Drummond can be a Dwight. If but he do you think he can do it as well the the job as well as Dwight did? He has the he has the he has the physical tools. He has the ability. It's just it's up here. Everything is up here. One th- I agree with that wholeheartedly because. 2020, we saw Dwight have a lot of success with the Lakers. Yep. Drummond comes in, complete opposite to a degree. Now, mm-hmm. they switch roles again. I'm not too confident in Drummond, truthfully.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm not either. I think, yeah, I, I'm not either. I think, but the mindset is you're coming and you're playing behind Embiid. You know, you, you didn't get many offers on the table in free agency. Now you have to come and you have something to prove. I think with him coming up the bench, he can, I'm not, listen, I'm not buying any stock on it. But I think he can definitely change the mentality with being in the position he's in right now, you know, so it's it's going to be tricky. But like like we said, you know, Tobias is going to have to take on a big road. That 20 points per game is not going to cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. You lost Ben. Now you kind of have to up it up to 22, 23 points. We need to see consistency yet again because Embiid is going to need help. And like you said, yeah. a lot of my, you know, thing is banking on that what not. we've seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and not being there yeah. and Embiid being injured a lot of the times throughout the season. So if Embiid goes down. Oh, they're toast. <laughs> I, it's it might be over, you know. They can lose a stretch of games and then they'll have to curl back in. So Philly's in a tough position right now.
0: I think a Tyrese Maxi breakout also allows Philly to try to get to offers that don't feature a point guard. Yep. I think right now they're fixated on getting getting an offer that features a guy who can facilitate an yeah. offense. Now, if Maxi breaks out, that burden is now relieved. Okay, we can look at a wing option. We can look at maybe a four to complement and beat a little bit more. So I think it, it frees them up a lot, the uh, pressure yeah, I, of getting a guard.
2: I think if Maxi breaks out, then that buddy-heeled Rashawn Holmes swap doesn't look too bad mm-hmm. because now you have a point guard and you can just bring in scorers and a defensive big in Rashawn Holmes. So it just depends on Maxi. really. It's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a lot on
1: his hands right now. I just don't know yet about him being the third option, truthfully. Maybe not third, maybe fourth. I
0: think it could really fluctuate but he's between gonna need a Seth lot. and him. And
1: I I agree, especially if Ben's not going to play, he's gonna he's gonna get the opportunity to be successful or be put in a position to allow himself to you know show the team anything. But I just personally, I'm, I'm looking at Seth. Seth had a great season last year. I'm only looking for him to continue to improve. Tobias Harris, he needs a little bit more respect on his name. He had one bad game in the playoffs. It was a bad game for sure, but it's indicative of why they lost. When he goes, when Embiid goes, you don't necessarily need Ben Simmons to be that aggressive type scorer. But when obviously one of them's having a bad night, they're liable to lose. So I am looking for Tobias Harris to have an excellent season this year, regardless whether Ben's there or not.
0: The second best team in the East last year were the Brooklyn Nets, 48-24. and And it felt like they made an all-star cast of additions. Patty Mills, Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge, James Johnson. Then they secured their future with Cam Thomas and Kessler and Dayron Sharp. They made a lot of great moves, and I think we all are picking them to make it out the East if healthy. We know nope. Kyrie right now with vaccine, we're not getting vaccinated. That's a concern if he's going to be there or not. What do you think about the Nets this year? How are, where, where are they going to finish in the East? This is the biggest mystery right now. It's, is it, this a mystery? I think it is because Kyrie has made it that. This Fair is enough.
2: the best team in the league. Kyrie or no Kyrie. Oh, my This God. is the best team in the NBA. Kyrie has become, no offense, one of the most expendable superstars or all-stars in the NBA. This team doesn't... With Kyrie, they only make him more dangerous. But this team doesn't need Kyrie because of the additions that they made this offseason. Bringing LA back, you know, shout out to LA. He's healthy. He's able to play. Shout out to him. Bringing in Patty Mills, had an, a great draft and getting Kessler, Edwards, DeRon Sharp, and Cam Thomas. Another guy who James Harden just said was a better player coming out of college than him, which he was. I'm not. I, I watched. No, he was. He was. He was with. Harden a was like player. the number two, three pick, wasn't he? That was a different time. He was. Cam Thomas was a. Better scorer coming Cam out of college. Cam Thomas
0: is better than James Harden coming out of college? Yeah, I think I don't, so. I don't disagree. I think he was man. a better
2: scorer. I think he was a better scorer coming out of college I think Cam, Cam Thomas,
1: Thomas is
0: different, man. But like I was saying, well, you know. I think it was Cam, like 20th. That don't matter. I'm oh, going to be I'm honest. I'm sorry. All
2: right, we'll see. But, um, you know, bringing back Blake Griffin, you know, Joe Harris is still yeah. there. This team, Paul Millsap getting him, this team is deep. This team can run 8-9 deep. Bruce Brown is still there. Kevin Durant and James Harden are two top seven players in the league. Kevin Durant being the best player in the NBA. And James Harden being that top six guy, this team has more than enough to get past Milwaukee. It has more than enough to get past L.A. and win the chip. They have shooters everywhere. They have depth depth at the big man position, which they needed to handle Giannis and Bam and those bigs in the East. And they can handle Anthony Davis and LeBron because they have depth at that spot. So I think this is the best team in the East. This is a team that got retooled and refocused. And without Kyrie... In all the drama, I think this team is still good enough to go to the finals and win it
1: all. Now, you're saying this without Kyrie? Yeah, uh, that's They're clear. still the best team in the league. I, yes. I
0: think Patty Mills is being slept on a lot.
1: Okay, I mean, I'm not disrespecting He's not Kyrie, Kyrie but, but he can feel that. He's
0: not Kyrie, but he's 42% from three. Uh, a gritty defender, tough as nails. I like Patty Mills a lot.
1: So, again, mine's predicated off Kyrie being there. With Kyrie being there... There, there's still a cheat code. Obviously, apparently, you think without him, there's still a cheat code. So you can only imagine how it would be if Kyrie Irving was on the lineup with James Harden, KD, Blake Griffin, LA, Patty Mills. The team's loaded. Unfortunately, yeah. it's amazing. I got to, I got to be listen. Unfortunately, it's good. I, I can't support this man, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Nevertheless. Uh just being honest they have the best offensive firepower in the league. You bring in a guy and Patty Mills you only add to that three, that lethal three-point shooting. And and you're right. You you hit it right in the head. Without Kyrie even though losing Kyrie is a loss. I don't believe that they're the same team without Kyrie Irving. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee without Kyrie Irving. Uh, unless you you think that Patty Mills is going to be the solution and and that's going to be enough to get over I a, I have Milwaukee's a question, team.
0: Cuz I think this is an interesting one. Not to toot my own horn. James Harden, without Kyrie, now gets more opportunity. We can't forget about that. I think
2: James Harden was healthy and he comes back, they beat Milwaukee. Okay. Like they beat Milwaukee. I think if Harden is fully healthy and he comes back, they win.
0: Because, you know, the thing about it is, I think when you tell James Harden you're going to run the offense, it's all you. We're running through you. Score, pass, do what you do. I think James Harden now doesn't have that kind of monkey on his back. Okay. Now i got to get Kyrie into things because the players around Brooklyn, KD, Harden, the shooters they have, they they all can play within a rhythm. I think Kyrie's that one guy that occasionally you have to get out of the rhythm to appease him because his scoring is very not iso-centric. very predicated off of rhythm. For sure. The rhythm of a team in an offense.
1: The one thing that I do want to say is health-wise, yep. can we bank on these guys? Mm-hmm. Other than Harden last season, because obviously and Harden I mean, has had a clean bill of health up until last year, and last year he really wasn't hitting the gym because he wanted to get out of Houston, and he goes and goes to to Brooklyn. Put himself in a bad spot. He, he did. He put his body in a bad spot to to get you know to get to a point where it failed him uh, when he needed it most. But as great as Kevin Durant is, of course, can we trust that he will be there the full season for him for them to be that top seed in the East? I don't we think we can trust
0: to be. it. But they were twenty nine and seven with James Harden. I don't think they did. And Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, he was out too. He didn't play the majority of the season.
1: Not the he he did play a good portion of. He the season. He missed over half. How many games did he play? Do you have it in front of you?
0: Rave, you can search it up for I me. Got you got. There were twelve and six without Kyrie.
1: Okay, I mean, regardless of that, you're right. James no, he played, played fifty four games. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say he played a lot, good, decent amount of, of the season. But I do firmly believe Kyrie Irving what he gives them offensively will be missed. You're losing 27, 28 points per game. We can't just overlook that. And, and if we're going to talk about the depth, of course, Joe Harris is is a, a solid shooter. Patty Mills, solid shooter, good facilitator of the offense. I'm not ready to say without Kyrie Irving, they're better than Milwaukee. <clears throat> Lakers, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, that's just, uh, let's get on to uh, Brooklyn, right? My biggest question for them is just defense. That's really it. That's really it. Offensively, they're the best team in the NBA. With or without without Kyrie, they're going to be the best offensive team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. James Harden had worse personnel in Houston, and they were amongst the top in the league. Sure. He was second or first every year. For sure. Now they're getting that in Brooklyn. Kyrie makes this team unfair. Agreed. But without Kyrie, they can still compete for a championship. And I'd even say, if Kyrie was in the building and the continuity of the team was there, their chemistry is there. I would say this would be my pick to to beat Golden State's regular season record of 73 wins in 2016. Mm. But because that's not the case, I won't say that. But my biggest problem is defense. Are they going to be a bad defense or uh, one of the worst in the league like they were last year? Or are they going to be top 20 at least? Because they don't have to be a top 10 defense. Just have a top 21. I don't think that's the case because what they did in free agency, their identity, I think they're saying— we're building our identity around offense. Yeah, you got Millsap, who's a good defender, but between him and Jeff Green, who's better right now, it's a toss-up. LaMarcus Aldridge isn't offering too much on the defensive side of the ball, and with all the players they got, how many minutes is Claxton going to get realistically? You know, So I think they've accepted their identity of being an offense-first team, but they have to show more effort on the defense side of the ball if they really want to be a lock to make the NBA Finals and win it all ultimately.
2: I don't even think that's the case. You know, they played, you watched them in the playoffs, man. They played the best defensive team in the in the East, you know, in Milwaukee. They had, the Milwaukee, we was talking about it. They had the personnel, this, that, and third. What are they going to do with Giannis? And granted, yeah, Giannis, wild out, but there was, they, Brooklyn had a lot of key stops, and they played pretty solid defense for a team that doesn't have personnel to play defense, you know. So I think come playoff time, when they lock in, they'll be able to lock in against any team. It's just what other team is going to be able to score with Brooklyn. I think that's always going to be the question because on any these like defensively, Brooklyn can guard in the playoffs, but on offense, can Milwaukee? That was the question. Can Milwaukee score with them? It's going to be the question for Miami, Atlanta. You know the same question. Can these teams score with a team that's led by the greatest scorer ever? And then.
0: Top five score ever. Top
2: five score. Like these are two of the top five guys scoring of all time. Like, so are these guys? Are you going to be able to keep up with them? I think that's going to be the question.
1: Milwaukee still has the guys to to go toe for, to toe for them. Oh, for they sure. don't have Tucker anymore. And, and we talk about offense. Yeah, offensively, I'm saying. Yeah, offensively, for sure. That. But another thing we have to take in consideration, and I don't want to go too deep into it because they're the next guys, and this is a lot of my argument. They're going to be playing a whole lot more loose now that they want a championship. Think about that pressure that Giannis had on his shoulders. Think about that pressure that Middleton had on his shoulders. I'm not I'm not as great as everyone thinks that, or, you know, I'm not going to be as great as I think I am to the rest of the world unless I win this championship. Now they have the championship. Now they've been playing with confidence. So now I can really start to back Milwaukee because now they're going to be playing loose. They don't have nothing to prove to anyone. It's just added now. And that's going to be dangerous to watch. Speaking of
0: Milwaukee, Let's the Bucks are the third team, yep. third best team in the Eastern Conference. They went 46 and 26. They added Sandrew Mamo Veli out of Seton Hall. Shout out to Seton Hall.
2: He was getting killed the other day. He was. <laughs> Giannis. Giannis was <laughs> violating it. It was so funny. What can he do? Yeah, it was hilarious, though. Bobby
0: Porters got re signed. They brought in Sami Ojale, George Allen. Hill, and Grayson Grace and Allen, but subtractions. So PJ Tucker huge.
2: That's a big loss.
0: That's a big loss. Oh, that's
2: incredible. Yeah,
1: that's a bad loss.
0: Bryn Forbes, who won them a game versus Miami when he went crazy. He ain't do Anything
1: after that, he literally did nothing.
0: But those are their losses, and
2: they get DiVincenzo DiVincenzo
0: getting him back is going to be huge. Where do you see Milwaukee? Do you think, even after winning this championship, they're kind of being the slept-on team uh, of the Eastern Conference?
2: Giannis said it. He loves being an underdog, and I think this Milwaukee team thrives off being the underdog they're still a championship contender. They're in my tier ones. They are one of the cream of the crops. One of the be- They are the second best team in the East by far. Even if you throw them in the West, I think they're a second or third best team in the West too. This is one of the best teams Definitely. in the NBA. Losing P.J. Tucker, obviously, for playoff purposes specifically, it's huge because he's one of those guys that can man up and guard one of their best players on the opposite end. But you bring in guys like Grayson Allen who can shoot the three ball. You bring back Bobby Portis who brought that energy, yep. that eruption in Milwaukee. You know, he brought that vibe. George Hill's back. You know, this is, this is still a solid team. You know, Rodney Hill, they brought him in for depth purposes. Oh, Dante, Di- oh yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Rodney, good. what I said? Rodney Hill. Hill. Hey, Rodney what Hill. What the hell is you, Rodney George Hill? George Hill, you just combined. Oh, yeah. that's what happened. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, Rodney Hill. And Dante DiVincenzo, who they missed for most of the playoffs. He's back. He's healthy. I think he's a solid defender can shoot the three ball. This team is still loaded. This team still has shooters built around Giannis. P.J. Tucker losing him is going to be huge. But like you said, confidence yeah I think they're able to be able to play loose Giannis is more confident in his game he's going to come back and he always comes back with a new a something fact. new yeah so maybe we come back and we see a little bit of the mid-range game he sees how dominant he is he's going to be great Drew is still going to be that steady guy at the point guard spot Chris Middleton maybe he comes back he ups his game he just won a championship yep. so I think this team is still loaded it still has all the pieces it needs to be and their ceiling obviously is a championship their floor is the second round. If they lose out in the second round like Brooklyn did. Granted, they got hurt, but like Brooklyn did last year, obviously they have to look at things. Mike Bodenholzer, he gets another year because of the championship. I know we want him out, but he made some adjustments. He got the championship. Yeah. Giannis dominated. So, like I said, ceiling, chip, floor, second.
1: Not even – no, floor is the ECF. Anything lower than the ECF is a failure in my well, eyes. It's, it's going to be tough because we had a situation like last year where the two and three were – the teams that we probably thought were going to the NBA Finals. Then obviously context gets added. Of course. But no. as of right now, anything
2: other than ECF is a, it's a fail to me.
0: If you just clicked on this episode and you skipped over to the Bucks portion of the podcast, what Drew said was about, he talked about Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis playing much more free, which I think was an excellent point. They're going to be playing much more free. They don't, they don't have that added pressure of trying to win the championship. And I think that can either play to their benefit or detriment because— interesting. Now, if they don't have pressure, okay, we don't have to be the one seed in the Eastern Conference. We can cruise by the regular season, get the fifth seed. We know we can beat all these teams. It's not that huge of a deal. So maybe they cruise by the regular season because Warriors won 73 wins, and with KD added, never touched something close to that. Yeah. So, you know, you, we're not sure if they're just going to cruise by the regular season, but this team is still one of the best in the NBA. Holiday, Middleton, Giannis is one of amongst the best three big threes in the NBA. Brooke Lopez is kind of like that forgotten star. D there. And Tucker was great to be in a lineup for a small ball five. But I think in the playoffs, we saw Bobby Portis's emergence as a permanent defender and just being that glue guy for the team. And he adds more offense than Tucker. So I think if they have Portis playing at a high level, they paid him a good amount of money. Um, Connaughton gets to going along with George Hill. I think they're kind of missing that ninth guy off the bench. I don't really know who to trust. Ojale, Mamou. Right. don't.
1: You don't really need nine guys. Yeah,
0: I don't really trust them too much. But I think you know, Jordan
1: Noor is going to step in.
0: Jordan Noor is a fantastic player. I think he's going to step in okay. and play that role. Okay. Yeah. This is, ceiling-wise, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference Agreed. that can make the finals and win it. Once again, this is amongst the Tier 1 teams contenders in the NBA Floor seating wise, it's three. I, I don't see them dropping below three. Yep. And Giannis always stays healthy and ah, always
1: is strong, man.
0: I think he always usually stays the, healthy. in the regular
1: season for the most part. I,
0: like, I really haven't thought of a scenario where Giannis has been hurt. It was my versus Miami in the bubble last
1: year. He got hurt too.
0: He played. Well, that's what we're
1: saying. Played. Regular season,
2: he's always no, for, healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and even then, yeah. he plays. Like, yeah. I
0: don't see Giannis missing games. We could see an MVP run right here. We could see him win another the MVP. one.
1: Because yeah, he's I don't Jordan know, he's run. on that trajectory. He's on the though. Jordan run right They're not,
0: now. Voter fatigue doesn't exist anymore. We saw him win. Now voters are going to be much more lenient. And last year, he had a top five MVP season, but wasn't in the voting because, well, you haven't proven well, in the playoffs. That
1: was kind of voter fatigue right there. I mean, but look at it the was. three guys that were finalists. Giannis well, should
0: have been a finalist over Steph if we're basing it off Giannis the history should, of and the And let's MVP be real,
1: with the time that Embiid missed, you could debate. I know. I just think the three guys in front of him weren't too... You know they weren't, weren't too, yeah, they weren't yeah. like too bad. I,
0: was I got like, right. Realistically, like if it was 2019, Giannis and we had these three guys in front, Giannis is finishing third in that race.
1: Yeah. In this, in last year's race, you're yeah, because
0: I think just being the second seed or no, being the third seed and Curry out of the playoffs, yeah, you know Giannis' numbers are like what 28 and 13.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. 28, 13, and five, along with a block and a steal, mm-hmm. like. What you can't ask for more. I think that was a product of voter fatigue, definitely.
1: Man, I, Milwaukee's going to be fun to watch this season. Now, obviously, we're, we're going to we're thinking about Giannis and we're thinking about how he's going to improve his game. As if he could start hitting this his this three on a more consistent basis, we're looking at one of the most dominant players to have play the game, and he already is that. But we're he was just taking his game to a whole another level. The player that I'm most interested in next season is Chris Middleton. Now, Chris Middleton was a guy prior, I guess he kind of took that off of his back a little bit, that Miami series, where he got a game against them and avoided getting swept, but last year was the real challenge of, okay, I know I need to be the second best player on my squad if I want to win a championship, and he had some moments where he wasn't the best, but then there were some moments where he was unbelievable, and he was arguably the second best player on either team in some situations obviously, I wouldn't say he was better than Giannis. But he was the closer for, for Milwaukee in a good portion of the games. I'm expecting Chris Middleton to have an amazing season. Now, he's not playing with any type of pressure. Of course, Middleton is usually a great regular season player. But I'm just expecting him to just come out with even more confidence. He's, he's shown himself what he can do in the biggest moments, on the biggest stage. And I'm just only expecting it to continue and carry over into this year, truthfully. Now, like you guys mentioned, we're going to keep saying this. Their ceiling is the one seed. Their ceiling is a potential championship. There's no way you can see Milwaukee dropping below, like Joel said, the three seed. Because it's possible that they do kind of cruise in because they need they know, listen, we are we are better than 95% of teams in the NBA on our worst night. We we don't have to really start our guys and and put them at risk of of getting injured. We need Giannis for the playoffs. We need Chris Milton for the playoffs. We need Drew Holiday for the playoffs. So I can see them. Maybe it's it's a possibility that they take it easy and they they settle for a three seed, but that has to be the absolute lowest I can see them going. The reason why I don't see it is because of the mentality for and sure and the mindset yeah, of Yanis. Not agree.
0: only that, but understanding that last year home court advantage saved you. Yep, you true. very true. So you now I think the Bucks also understand that. Okay, this is home court advantage is very important, and I I think I, they I understood, understood that, that already before. Too. I know they I,
1: went in Game Seven and beat Brooklyn. At Brooklyn. At,
0: but game six was also a huge game.
1: Game six was but huge. I'm, and game,
0: look, game, game four, four and game three were huge Brooklyn,
1: for them, too. Because the they, they went down 2-0. Joel, you were in that arena. How crazy was it rocking? It was crazy. No, That's what I'm saying. They went down 2-0, went home. Home saved them, let's be honest. If they went down 2-0. And then went to Brooklyn, it would have been swept. It would have been over, yeah. I understand that. But the series changed once they went to Milwaukee. There was no home court advantage. Like, they didn't have home court advantage. It
0: was basically even. I understand what you're saying.
1: Like, obviously, when they went back home, everything changed. They realized, all right, we need to, you know, play better. So, hopefully, we don't have to go down 0-2. But didn't
0: they go down 0-2 versus Phoenix at Milwaukee? Yep.
1: No, not at Milwaukee. Yeah, no. The Suns had a better record than them. Oh, they no, were home. It was a, oh wow, it was. And what saved them again?
2: Home but the They, home. Is, they, oh, d- so they yeah. didn't
1: have advan- They didn't have home court advantage. But it's not. A, if it's, it's not about having home court advantage. advantage. It's about I understand. understanding the importance understand. of No, yeah. they had the best that, home record in the sure. playoffs. For sure. Yeah,
2: they had the best home yeah. record in the playoffs. No, for Man, sure. Been, just why I be trying to tell people that a playoff atmosphere at home is different. Home court really matters. So then.
1: you're saying that they're going to be playing every single night hardest? They always do. Just to they've shown us the last three,
2: four seasons that they do that. And I don't think we do see them
1: get gassed, though. That's why I wouldn't be like this season. They were a third seed. Not that I just they kind of Philly got
2: better. Uh, they that's did get better. Philly for got sure. better, and then Brooklyn got better. Yeah, yeah that's fair. So that's I, a good I, like, point. Right now, Philly got worse. Yeah, and I, I,
1: still, I wouldn't it, say they got necessarily worse. If Ben doesn't play, obviously, well, I'm speaking,
2: yeah, Philly got worse, and Brooklyn obviously got better. But I think they they understand where they need to be, and they understand that the underdog mentality, and they even understand that people threw dirt on their championship yeah. because of the Brooklyn getting hurt. But
0: yeah, Philly definitely did get worse. Without Ben, yeah. yeah. I think even if they bring back Ben, they got worse. Yep. Because the chemistry is just messed up okay. there.
1: All right, good point.
0: I think they already got worse even if Ben comes back. That's a good
1: point. Very good point.
0: But yeah, you know, we'll see how the Bucks do this upcoming now it's season. Getting tricky.
1: This is where it gets and we're maybe we might have all different things now. All now right. we're
0: talking about uh the Knicks. The Knicks are the forces. Here we season, go. Right? This is gonna be a great topic. The New York Knicks, the fourth seed in the NBA last year, 41 wins and 31 losses with Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock in your starting lineup. Now you're upgrading to Kemba Walker, an all-star caliber player who people still think is washed, but it averages, you know, averaged 20 the past two seasons. I don't know. That's not washed to me. And replacing Bullock with Fournier, who can also create offensively, R.J. Barrett, year, year three leap, Mitchell Robinson being healthy, being that defensive anchor. And also, they re-signed back their guys, Burks, Derrick Rose, lerner and Noel, and this could make up a top five bench in the NBA. Not one, I don't think so, not one, but top five definitely. I mean, are the Knicks going to remain the fourth seed, be higher, or are they going to lower down?
2: Well, I like their draft. You know, getting Miles McBride and getting Quentin Grimes, Jericho Sims, I liked it. It was a solid draft for where they were at. They got a good draft. Bringing back their guys that was a part of that success last year was huge. You know, Derrick Rose, I feel like, was their best playoff performer in that series. Bringing back Alec Burke, who's one of their best three-point shooters, is huge. Defensively, everything. I feel like with Thibodeau's defensively, it's consistency. He's going to still have that consistent, maybe not, you know, top three defense because, you know, Kemba Walker is still a little bit, he's not a good defender. Envy Fournier is not that great of a Payton defender. isn't either, though. Oh no, yeah, Payton, but Reggie of, Bullock is. A lot of teams got better defenses. Reggie
0: Bullock's a bit overrated defensively.
2: He's a better defender than Fournier.
0: Mm, They're not that far off.
2: Well, We'll see. I mean, like I said, I think they'll drop off a little bit in the backcourt on defense, but nonetheless, they will still be a top five, top six defense in the NBA. They predicate more on team defense. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what haunted them in the playoffs. They didn't have a stopper. You know, somebody who not like, you, you can't really stop these players in the NBA, but somebody that can slow them down, yeah. make it tough on them. And I think that's what kind of failed them in the playoffs, not to mention off their offense completely shut down. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty, you know, their offense last year, was pretty simple-minded now you bring in Kemba who can create you bring in Fournier who create who also could space the floor they're expecting a big year three jump from RJ Barrett you know he's expected to take that leap if not into all-star leap at least close to being that yeah Julius Randle year two as the man you did expect him to make improvements in his game look at that series and come back better you still have that bench Mitch Robertson finally being healthy you know you want to see him he has that Tyson Chandler in him that defensive anchor so it they need him to be that, to be huge. But nonetheless, this team is stacked. Nerlens Noel coming off the bench, you know, he still keeps that intensity, so that's great for them. Derrick Rose still keeps that Kim Walker intensity. Yeah. This team can roll in five, roll out that five, and roll back in it's still a solid five. So I think this team, their ceiling, depending on how everything goes, This honestly, I think this, their ceiling is probably, it's tough. I would probably say their ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals. Their absolute, wow. their absolute wow. ceiling okay. is an Eastern. If everything falls right, I think this team can make the That's Eastern respect. Conference Finals. I wasn't expecting that. Did,
0: is he saying that because I complimented the Bulls before the show?
2: It's possible. No, I don't care what you did before the show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think their ceiling, because even like you said before, we saw last year, Nets and the Bucks saw each other. Yeah. And then, boom, that was the top two teams in the second round. And True. then the Hawks end up being Atlanta, uh, being Philly. I can see a situation where the Knicks play a team that's not overly like the Nets. And then they just go out and they win that game off grit and grind. And, you know, for a team like the Garden, a team like the Knicks, the Garden is a great place to
1: play in. And that home court advantage yeah. is dangerous. So their ceiling for me is Eastern Conference. Their floor, obviously, first round. Right now, I don't know a strong matchup in that first round that can get them to the ECF. So now... My whole argument here right now is no one expected the Knicks to be as good as they were last season. They overachieved tremendously. You could have asked anyone, including Joel. There's no way you w- they would have even thought they would sniff the playoffs at all, let alone be the fourth seed overall. Now, there's teams in the NBA. You, we were talking before the show that the Knicks had one of the best records against teams over 500. Now, this even leads me further to believe... These teams did not think much of the Knicks. Every time that these top caliber teams played the Knicks, they kind of looked at them like, ah, this, we got it. We don't got to worry about it. And the Knicks took advantage because the Knicks are a great hard-nosed team that is going to play hard every single night. And that's only going to benefit them for the rest of, for as long as they keep this core together. And it's only going to get better as long as RJ continues to develop, as long as, Uh, randall continues to develop we'll see how now you bring in a guy like kemba walker and now you're not forcing julius randall to be the primary facilitator of the offense again we spoke about this i think randall could be a facilitator he can't be your primary facilitator we saw what happens when he is the hawks figured out right away how to stop that now another reason that leads me to believe that these teams weren't taking the knicks all too serious is the first time that uh, that a team took them serious that really realized all right it's time, to, it's time to hone in on what they're doing. We got to stop them. We got to move on and not think twice about it. The Hawks. The Hawks came in, had a game plan, executed it perfectly, handled it, handled their work, and moved down like it was nothing. Now, I'm not trying to discredit what the Knicks did last season because it was amazing to watch, for sure. But I just look at other teams right now, and I just think, overall, I don't like how they stack up against the rest. Now, as you as mentioned, ceiling, I wouldn't go as far to say ECF. But I would say their ceiling is a three-seed. They could be a three-seed. Last season, they played with far worse talent and were the fourth seed. When you play hard every single night, you're giving yourself a chance to win, especially when you got you got talent on the Wait, squad. So You
0: don't think the third seed in the Eastern Conference can make the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: I don't think so. I think they're going to get a tough—the Eastern Conference is getting—it's getting very good. Very good, very quickly. And we're going to go about it later, and we're going to see that the sixth, seventh, eighth seed even, they're good teams—
0: I get you, but if you can, ha- you can see them as high as three. It's, they can't it's, beat four, five, it's, six, seven. It's a round,
1: it, it There's a realm of possibility that, given the the net, the, the excuse me, the Knicks additions of Fournier and Kemba, which definitely do fit the needs of the team, that they finish as high as three. But their floor, for me, is a play in team. There's just so much that could go on within the in the, the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's it could come t- come down to a game or two between a, a bunch of those teams, so that's why it's kind of tricky for me to to really delegate where they're going to be. But I do I do believe the Knicks are not they're not going to be a, their ceiling could be a three because obviously they were a four last season, but I'm not too sure about that.
0: Wow, um, Riv, let me ask you a question. Talk to me. We play in basketball. Yo, you don't think I'm very you don't think I'm a very good player, right? Okay. We play, and let's say we play the first time and I shock you, I beat you. Yep. What's going to happen in that second game? I'm going to take you a little serious now. I'm going to lock in. What if I beat you another time? Hey, you're just better than me. What if you're just watching from the sidelines and you watch me play pickup before, I, before you've ever seen me play? Mm-hmm. I don't look very good, but if I beat a couple people in a row at pickup and you see that, now when you play me, how are you going to play? They'll lock in. That's why I think your assessment on the Knicks is wrong because I don't think teams saw what the Knicks were doing, winning these games and saying, we can just take them nonchalantly. I think Tom Thibodeau has that respect of every coach in the NBA that his teams come out to play hard. We have to take them seriously. And yes, we exceeded expectations. Mm. But what we got to the Knicks, I don't think Thibodeau, I don't think the team, I don't think they're satisfied. I I don't think they're going to just bank on last season. I think they're saying... You guys are still sleeping on us. Vegas just said we're going to win 42 games. We won 41 last year and bringing back Kemba and Fournier in a 72-game season. Now we're playing 10 more games and we're going to win one more game. I think the Knicks feel greatly disrespected Mm -hmm. by all these tablets. I think R.J. Barrett feels disrespected being left off of lists. I think Julius Randle feels disrespected because I think people are saying on the outside that the season was a fluke. Kemba is getting called washed. I think he sees that. He hears that. (laughs) Everybody on the Knicks has something to prove. They have a chip on their shoulder. We are going to come out and exceed the expectation of this lowly 42 wins. And now that we're getting back Mitchell Robinson, who can be a defensive player of the year candidate, wow. We can can be a top team. I I think we can be a third seed in the NBA. And you're right. if, If we do face a good matchup, in the playoffs we can make the eastern conference finals but who you you,
2: God,
3: you
0: you guys know that i've said this before if we face the hawks in the playoffs they don't want that smoke
2: no they want they don't the want smoke. that smoke right.
0: cam reddish a report just came out that his trainer actually tells cam reddish be more like RJ yeah, Barrett. I can't
2: wait till we get into that. Be I read more like thing. RJ, RJ Barrett. No,
0: so, you know he needs to be more like him because he understands RJ Barrett's a dog. He's a mentality. He's a bull. Yep. He's a bull pit bull. Whatever you want to call it, bulldog. He's a bull regardless. Yep. He's a different breed. I think he's gonna come out playing great. And to talk about the X's and O's of the Knicks last year, they were one of the worst pick and roll teams in the NBA because. R.J. Barrett was their lead ball handler in those situations. Mm -hmm. He's not very effective at this young of an age. Mm -hmm. Maybe he got better this past offseason. Kemba, Fournier are great in the pick and roll. Now our offense is going to be much more fluid instead of being reliant on Julius Randle, ISO's contested mid-range shots. I think our offense is going to get much better and defense is going to be relatively the same.
2: You guys guys were third in defensive rating. You were first in points. You were 23rd in offense. So I think, you know, relative, I think the offense obviously improves into the teens. You know, Mm -hmm. they can get to 15, 14. That'd be great. And I think the defense will stay around 3, 4, 5 range. Yeah, Yeah, it will stay around that range. And I think that's incredible because, like I was saying, defense wins games in the regular season. You know, we saw Toronto, that team that lost Kawhi, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they went on and they won a lot of games. You know, in the playoffs, what lacked was they didn't have a number one towards the end of the games. That's why Boston beat them. But, this team plays defense and defense we saw last year wins games in the regular season because it tires you out in the regular season it's a long season yeah Yeah. so like I said I can see a situation where if the Nets and the Bucs play again the Knicks could face Miami or face Atlanta and could get a win you know we seen Atlanta we think that Miami we didn't think Atlanta would beat
1: Philly we didn't but we, did this, it. but we know the roster of the Knicks we know the roster of Atlanta we've seen what's happened already yeah. when they faced one-on-one let's
0: say it's let's, a new roster
1: also and Miami's a new roster too that yeah, got well, better I wouldn't say new, let's say the Knicks are the third seed but they're gonna have basically a new identity as well go ahead Let,
0: let's say the Knicks are the third seed mm-hmm. sixth seed is Philly Celtics I'll just say Philly let's just say Philly's a sixth seed okay we can't beat Philly you can beat Philly in a series without I Ben I don't Without ben. with Ben, that you can beat Philly. I think with Ben, we could beat them too. You guys are being generous because I don't.
1: We think just so. no, based ben on Ben in, in the playoffs. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think so because well, the, we've seen Kemba in the playoffs. He's cooked. So because <laughs> let's not pretend like Philadelphia should not have beat Atlanta swimmingly. They That's should our have won though. My, my Doc is still the coach. They, they blew those games if they just. And you, just
2: know, you know what's the difference with New York? They have better, I think, better personnel to guard and beat.
0: Yeah, Noel,
1: Mitch. But then you are also banking on Mitch staying healthy. But like, Noel is Noel a healthy. better defender than Clint Capella. I think uh,
0: like. this was is really the an, an I, anomaly could season for Mitch.
1: Past two seasons that he was, he's. Oh, no, well, I think yeah, he was dealing with. Stuff. He relatively
0: stays healthy. Mm, yeah. He's not an injury-prone player. Um, can Julius bang with Embiid like that? Mitch can. He don't need. Nerlens Noel can better than Clint, definitely. I just feel like there's
2: no stopping Embiid. Truthfully, there is no. Of course, there's no stop. But in I the think they're is, able to slow him down in the fourth quarter. Is, Mitch has deci- Mitch is an athletic, Jared Allen. Okay. Like, he, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's a longer, athletic Jared Allen. Like okay. He, he's he has the knack like Tyson Chandler, and he has the the the, the length and the size like Jared Allen. Like mm-hmm. he is that type of special athlete. In
1: Listen, the seven I'm, not, feet tall. I'm not down in the Knicks' abilities. I just think that other teams right now, I look at and I just trust oh, them yeah. more. I, I that's I all that it you is. Trust them over Tom, trust Tom Thibodeau', Thibodeau right coach team. Uh, let's be honest. What was Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota though? It's not they made the playoffs for the first time in like a drought. But really, what did they do? They were fourth seed before Jimmy Butler got hurt. They got hurt. And he tore his meniscus. They
0: were the third seed, right? Yeah, fourth, they fourth, were fourth. Something yeah. Like that. Jimmy got hurt, and okay. they fell.
1: They still made it. How long was though, on the team? It was two years.
0: I think it was two years. It was the first like developmental year. The next year they got they had uh, Jimmy Butler, Butler, Carl
1: Ka- Anthony Towns, Wiggins, and Wade Rose. Come on, and then they squad. played Houston. Wait, but that's a that's a went that's a good that's a good healthy,
0: but they yes. were injured,
2: and no. then they played Houston, bro. They wasn't. Yeah, be no, Houston, I'm the team you. that took
0: Go to State to seven. That stack Go to State Ross. So wait,
2: who who do you think is a better coach, Docker Tip? Tip, I think Tibbs is a better tip, coach. Tip, so they win just go
0: down the line of the East. We could Rick Carlisle tip, or Tibbs. Tip. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to
1: say that. What, well, you mean you're what not has ready? Rick Carlisle
0: done? What? Huh? What has he done? He has a chip, bro. Yeah, I was yeah but <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't made the playoffs since then. He just made it last year. Yeah, he Two he years ago. And,
1: and the Mavericks were just like the, what, fifth, fourth seed? He has Luka. Okay, that's so, he has so the benefit tight. of coaching these. Great Thibodeau players, made the right? playoffs
2: for Joakim Noah as his best player. I want you to remember that like dearly. Okay, and Nate Robinson was the star. And
0: DJ, not G Augustine too. It, yeah, it I need started. you to remember
2: that. Yeah. Like he did that. Like defense
1: gets them in, bro. Okay, maybe
0: you. I'll give you Rick Carlisle, but I don't think Indiana can be as good as the Knicks. Personally. I did
1: personally. Uh, we're gonna talk about it, so I'm gonna hold off my opinion.
0: I think Tom Thibodeau, regardless whichever way you slice the pie, so, he's a top, top five coach the in the NBA.
1: See, the ceiling is third the third seed, seed. so we all agree. Third seed. What's the floor? Floor is a playing team. Fifth seed, fifth for you. I got
2: yeah. seven six. Okay, so maybe playing. Maybe also, not. what
0: I like about the Knicks a lot is that they can suffer through a few injuries and be fine. Yep, you know yeah, that's a good Our point. depth is just insane. From one to fourteen, we have guys who can come in and play at a high level. I think teams can't say that if Boston suffers an injury to Jalen Brown, they're a playing team. True. If Philly suffers an injury to 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 to, to, to Tobias, Tobias mm-hmm. or Embiid, they're out the playoffs. You know. Nick Nick's there will be if you lose games. Randall,
1: you're toast. I don't you know just lost the best true. player on your team. If you we if said.
0: we lose Randall, I think Kemba now jumps up to like twenty five a game. And I think RJ jumps up to twenty three a game and takes on that role.
2: Randall hasn't shown us he'll get hurt. So That's fair.
1: Until we see it, you know. I'm just saying you're saying MB Tobias. Well you has shown say gets hurt. And that's fair. But I'm just saying you're saying I didn't it's say Micah. He just, he did. Oh okay. But that's what I'm saying. You were saying they're these guys' are best players, so I mean, Take away Indiana,
0: the Pacers, they always get hurt.
1: Yeah. Fair enough.
0: You know, yeah, Boston, Jalen Brown got hurt this past season. Fair enough. So those teams, they yeah. get hurt. Atlanta, they, they they didn't stay healthy last year either. Mm-hmm. But Naaman Millen did a hell of a job. Lo- they just God lost was DeAndre. DeAndre, DeAndre was Hans hurt. DeAndre yep. was hurt. And Cam they still made it to the
1: ECF. Well, they were healthy, more healthy at that point. I mean, they lost one of their premier players at the time. Yeah. Yeah, DeAndre
0: Hunter. That was was a big one. Nice. Let's get
1: into it, though. Yeah, let's go. Because that's them right now. Let's let's get into it. Yeah,
0: perfect segue to the Atlanta Hawks. 41 and 31 last year, the same record as the New York Knicks. And they signed Gorgie Jing. They traded for DeLon Wright. And I think that's a very underrated move and drafted Jalen Johnson and your boy, Sharif Cooper. Mr. Coop, man. They re-signed John Collins. We all thought that was one of the biggest mysteries amongst this team last season. Lou Will, Solomon Hill are back, but they did lose Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando <laughs> and Tony <laughs> Snell. Tony Snell, fifty-fifty, ninety, I think he, he was, barely played. He was bro. in that uh, hey man, category. He still yeah.
2: did it. I don't even
3: think
0: when he's I,
2: qualified for the list because he didn't play enough. When really? I
0: look about yeah. the when I look at the Hawks, I think this is a season. That's going to be predicated on internal development. Yep. They didn't make much outside moves, but I think the biggest one they made that's gonna be huge is getting Delon Wright. They try to fill that point guard backup point guard role with Chris Dunn. It didn't work out. Rajon Rondo was a flop with them. I think Delon Wright is is a great backup point guard, and he can play one through three. He can play on the wings, he can just do so many things. He's a very versatile player, and I think that was a huge move. But Atlanta is hoping on leaps from DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, and Onyeka going into year two. John Collins. John Collins as well after getting that contract. You know, we want to see you do more. But with Nate McMillan, they were 26 and 12, and he has shown in the regular season that he's a hell of a coach with the Pacers, took them to the playoffs multiple times. Now he leaves. They miss it. McMillan is a great coach, and I think Atlanta is a a playoff team, no doubt about it. Where I see them finishing – I think the lowest is six, and the highest is four. This is
2: this is one of my locks for the playoffs. You know, oh, them, yeah, this them Brooklyn Bucks. I think they're locked because I think they have an identity. I think they've established who they are. They have their star players. Everybody fits around that star player. And like you said, internal development. You know, they had they didn't make many moves. I don't. You, I don't know how Delon Wright's going to get minutes because Lou Will's still there. You know, Cam's coming off the bench. Kevin Herter's coming off the bench. So it's going to be tough to get some minutes, you know. But nonetheless, if he gets in, he you know, he provides positive things for the team. So nonetheless, that's good. But like I said, internal development. You know, I think this team is banking on Onyeka, Cam, Hunter, Collins, Herter. That's five young guys, even Jalen Johnson. That's yeah. six young guys that they're planning on that they need to get better. You know, Clint's going to be who he is. We've established that. Trey still has, even Trey, he still has room in his game. To improve.
0: He can be much more efficient from 3. Yep.
2: And he can take better shots, you know, his shot selection, he can be much better at that. So I think
0: But also, do you think this new foul rule will, will hurt him? I think
2: a little bit. I think he'll have to adjust. You know, he's one of those main components of it. He'll definitely have to adjust, but I think nonetheless he'll still be a great at what he does. You definitely. know, he's still an elite playmaker. And you know, this team missing DeAndre Hunter, who was on his course of making a big jump last year, was huge. I don't know if that's going to take him a step back, but that that was huge for him, but this team is loaded. You know, this team has the same nine, ten guys that they could roll out, and I think the ceiling for them is a third seed. And, you know, yeah, let's get into it because, you know, you you tried to throw the little jab, that R.J. Barrett, this, that mentality. No, that's not what was said <laughs> in the article. I know people looked at it like that. What was said in the article, because I have the athletic app, and I pay for it, so uh-huh.
0: I, I, I read the article. Oh, trust me, I do too, <laughs> but I didn't read the article. Though. Yeah, I
2: read, I, I read the article. What was said was, Cam was t- – they talked about how Cam, he went back to his old town. And he, he, he stayed there for the summer. He worked out. And he was training with his old trainers. What, it, what it, we saw from Cam the last two years is once he misses exactly. a shot or he Thank makes you. a mistake, he puts his head down or he kind of like loses confidence. They mm-hmm. wanted to instill that confidence. They said, look at your teammate, R.J. Barrett. When he was in college or he was in at Duke or high school, even though he missed a shot, he'll still keep taking that shot. He had that confidence in him. He didn't care if he missed the 10 shots, he was going to keep taking that shot. They said they wanted Cam you, to do that, be more like that, have that mentality. They mm-hmm. didn't say have an R.J. That's not yeah. an R.J. mentality. That's just a mentality for anybody. But they said they look at your teammate because they played together. That's what it was. It wasn't. I'll be honest. Even still.
0: No, it it's, wasn't it's like a, that. No, it sound still, sounds, it so still, it 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 just, still sounds like, hey, look, I want you to be more like. R.J. Adopt his mentality. That's the strong, strong. that's losing st- me. But, but that's still, what he said, he's though. Still,
1: he's still praising R.J. Barrett. No, yeah. He you said, can, look at your teammate, you can, R.J. No, no. I
2: never I never disputed that you can praise your teammate, but don't make it seem like he's telling him to be like R.J. No. Not at all. He's, no, telling, he's telling you to... He's tell, okay. He's, telling, like he's, he's not telling you. You're yeah. saying not... He's telling you, look at the teammate you played with and look at how he... The confidence he has in his game. Have that confidence in your game.
0: There's a difference between saying... I'm telling you to be like him, or I'm telling you to be more like him. That more is a distinction in itself. And he said, I want you to be more like R.J. Barrett. Don't lose confidence in these jump shots and missing these jump shots.
2: Okay. I hear you. I just don't want to, don't want people to try to discord <laughs> by saying, no, Ken, we need you to be like R.J. He's, he's he's a different beast. He's a different. No. Yeah, no. I, like that's If we're no. talking
1: play style, then I don't think that's what he was no. going but for. But the him.
0: shot selection, he definitely was, though. In terms of what? And that's RJ's mentality, having that confidence. Yeah,
2: that's a mentality that a lot of young guys don't have.
0: That's true. I mean, you can say it's a general mentality that some people have. But also, you know, if I say, okay, Riv is a funny guy. Just because other people are funny doesn't knock your mentality or your personality being funny. No. So RJ Barrett has that confidence. And Cam Reddish's trainers want him to have RJ's confidence.
2: Because it was very specific because he played 30 games with him. He watched, like, they played together. So so he watched
0: them be better than him. I
2: I, I guess, bro. Like, (laughs) I don't know how you, like, you're going to slice it
1: into that, but he, like. It's all right, bro. It's it's, RJ's better than Cam at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. Who
2: Who has more potential, though? We know who has more potential.
0: Scam easily. 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 I don't know, bro. Easily is easily. crazy. Easily. RJ hard, work, just hard work beats talent. What talent feels like? did thousand
1: percent. What did he bump his point per game from last season to the, excuse me, the year About before? like three, four. I was going to say, it's like. No, it's, he's, he's But better give you right your right take now. on Atlanta. So I do, I, similar to Riv, I do believe that their ceiling is a three seed. I don't think that they necessarily needed to go out and spend money to improve the roster. Yeah, I think it, well, that too. And I just think they realize. They overachieved last season, and even in doing so, they were they beat the number one seed in, in Philadelphia. They handled the Knicks with ease, and Milwaukee. They gave a decent series. Sure, Milwaukee won that with with relative ease, but they still took a game without. Uh, excuse me, without Trey yep. Young when Giannis was playing. You, nope. you know what I'm saying? So it's not like they should think, man. You know, we're not as good as these other guys. They're they're thinking we could bump with anyone, right? Yeah, come on, <laughs> you're shacked in a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we he, they're thinking we could bump with anyone. We could legitimately beat anyone on any given night. That's the type of mentality that they probably went in with, and they have guys like Trey Young, who is a potential t- future top ten player in this league, one of the best facilitators in the game, one of the best scorers in the game for his at his position. He's a special talent. You match that with Bogey. You match that with Horder, who I do believe is going to improve f- from last season to this season. Horder showed a lot last year, and I'm not saying that he's going to be, you know, a superstar. I think he's going to be a very solid role player, and that's all you really need him to be. Uh, John Collins bringing him back that was huge. I kept preaching you can't break that up. What Trey Young and John Collins have, especially the way that John Collins performed come playoff time. They they really had something nice going on, so I'm not necessarily thinking that they need to spend money. I do believe that this team has a, a great scheme already, has a good identity of being one of the better jump shooter uh, jump shooting teams in the NBA. Have a solid defensive front court in in uh, excuse me, Clint Capella and John Collins. They they are confident in who they are, and that's all they need to be. Their floor for me would at, at lowest be the sixth seed. I I true I do believe that the Hawks are going to be a premier team in the East. And it's going to be fun to watch them.
0: When looking at the Hawks, you mentioned it about John Collins. You can't split that up. I think you're right. It's good that they paid him. They couldn't pay anybody else. I mean, last offseason was their premier offseason, getting Bogdanovich, getting Gallinari. Those were the difference makers. And even Rondo and Chris Dunn, we looked at the Hawks as a team that was going to make that jump. And that was in jeopardy until McMillan got there mcmillan really steered them in the right direction based on the talent and all these young guys and hopefully they can develop yeah this is going to be one of the better teams in the eastern conference but trey young how much is that foul thing going to affect them i don't know if it's going to affect them that much but i think there's going to be something to be said there you're going to definitely see that effect because trey does foul bait a lot i think more than any player in the nba you don't see that from next players definitely not uh but yeah, the Hawks are the Hawks are going to be a great, good to great team. But like I mentioned before, if they face Knicks in the playoffs, their season is going to be over.
2: And what makes one? you say that?
0: Just better. Oh. You went from Alfred
1: to Kemba and you still don't have an answer for Trey Ar. Huh? I'll be honest, man. You guys are not better. <laughs> I think we are. In what way? Just Culture. are. He okay. said culture.
0: culture, culture,
3: culture.
1: <laughs> McMillan to to Thibodeau is not that huge of a gap if there even is one. What? I'm I'm firm on that. You lost me. I'm firm on that. <laughs> why why is that?
2: Thibodeau's like a top five coach in the NBA, bro.
1: Oh, my God. You got to stop. What does he won to have th- th- that? does McMillan? I he's, agree, he's exactly. He just made his first ECF exactly. like 15 I'm, years later. I'm with you. I'm with you wholeheartedly there. That being said, it's not like Nate McMillan didn't immediately come to Atlanta and completely the them. And Thibodeau immediately came to the Knicks and turned them into that, a fourth seed. That's a great point, but hey, what Drew, when they met up, what happened? What
0: did, what did Brad Stevens win with Boston?
1: They went to multiple ECFs.
0: Was he a top five coach? I would say so. But he didn't really win anything. Just went to
1: the ECF. Brad Stevens win. is acknowledged as one of the better head coaches in the league. You could have used a Tim, better head in not? my opinion. He probably is because <laughs> the defensive mindset that he brings to the yeah, team. On, respect- respect- he's one of those yeah, respected guys. He has a ring too. You didn't even know that. With Boston. Yeah, you Back didn't even Back
0: in the day? No, no, Wait, oh wait, he was oh, an assistant. Really? Oh, okay. Well, and then went to t- Chicago first. The one E-CF.
2: coach of the year. Mm-hmm. That and very first year. Don't, wa- disrespect uh, Yo, oh, on, don't,
1: disrespect don't disrespect him. Yeah, he's I'm just not all. I'm sorry. I'm not. He high has two coaches of the though. I just want you to know okay. that. Okay. All right, fine. He can have all these accolades. Hey, uh, hey, 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 Don't do what you think. I, don't Dwayne, do that. Excuse me. Dwayne Casey won coach of the year and got fired, too. So it's not like it's.
2: That's a fair point. Dwayne Casey's a better coach than Naomi Miller.
1: Oof. That's just, that's hot. I, I'm a fan of Nate McMillan. I mean, no,
2: I am too. I love Atlanta. I
1: love their coach. I love what they're doing. Listen, I'm not saying that. What I said was there's not a huge gap. And listen, there really isn't. There's not that huge of a gap. Ceiling, I don't know.
0: You give you give This Atlanta team, this is probably the first seed in the NBA. Ceiling third.
1: Nah, I can't yeah, ceiling third yeah, for me for sure. Floor five.
0: I don't see them Fair. locking out. Like I think they're a lock. Yeah. Because Atlanta's moving up, that means the team has to drop down. But this next team we're about to talk about might not drop down because Miami, the Heat, they made a lot of big-time moves getting one of the more underrated players in the NBA in P.J. Tucker. And then also adding on Kyle Lowry to be what the point the guard. Mark Keith Morris is also a pretty <laughs> good addition. I just think the Heat, getting, their, getting these players in free agency and also re-signing Hero and Robinson, or not Hero, Oladipo Robinson, and then extending Jimmy Butler, this did a lot for their culture, but they're going to lose a lot of guys. Goran, Precious, Bayelitza, Ariza, Iggy, Nunn. They're losing a lot of those guys. I do think P.J. Tucker makes up for over 80% of those losses because he fits into the Heat culture so much. He's going to be that defensive stopper alongside Jimmy Butler. What, I want, what I'm looking forward to see from this team the most is, is Bam going to take that step? Because I think now that you get him a true point guard in Lowry, he can do it. You know, Guron Drogic is more, more of a scorer, but with Kyle Lowry and Bam, does he jump up to 20 points per game, which isn't too hard to do it's since only like two he's points. at 19. Yeah. You know, he probably jumps up to 20, but is Bam going to solidify himself as more than just an all-star, as one of those corner pieces? You know, so I think Lowry can unlock that part of his game. But this team is scary. They're starting lineup. And once Oladipo comes back, they're going to be a problem.
2: Another lock for me. This is one of my uh locks in the playoffs. You know, I just think Miami is so bought in and built in for that culture. And I I love what D-Wade built there. I love what LeBron kind of. Helped yeah, on to build no, there. Sure. And then Jimmy Butler bringing in a guy who just fits that culture so much has really restarted their process and kind of jump started. So I, I like, like you said, you're you a weird guy. You know, you bumped up PJ Tucker and <laughs> said Kyle Larry, like, he's just all right. Like, no, it's they got Kyle Larry and then, you know, they got PJ Tucker. <laughs> who just
0: yeah. won the championship?
1: Oh, my. Kyle has one. He got one <laughs> before he PJ. Has
0: more recent? <laughs>
1: what the fuck? Come on, bro. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, both. I can't hate on him. I used to do that all the time with the Broncos, so. Both of these
2: guys, Heat guys, you know, you're looking at this team. Like you said, they're waiting for Victor Oladipo to come back. He's going to bulk up that bench with Tyler Harrow. I think, you know, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, they're going to start P.J. with Bam. You know, Kyle Lowry bringing in another ball handler, that kind of was like one of the things they needed to do because Jimmy was the number one guy being their best ball handler. He kind of did everything, rebound, defend, be their playmaker, and score for them. I think Kyle Lowry is going to kind of take that weight off for them. And, of course, like you said, This could unlock Bam. You know, a point guard, for a lot of bigs, a point guard can really unleash them. You look at DeAndre and Chris Paul. Yep. You look at, like, a point guard can really unleash a big man. I think the way Bam plays, he can definitely come out. Bam has already said that Jimmy Butler has been credited for his defense, you know, locking him, unleashing that defense, him, getting him versatile, and becoming more effective on that defensive end. So I like this team. You know, I hope my boy Marcus Garrett, I hope he makes the team. You know, he's a strong guy good defender but you look at this team i think this team is eight deep you know Caleb martin he's good but he's on the two-way kez are they waiting for max i don't know how to say these max Struss, max Struss, kz ospala you know a bunch of young guys to really step up omir they're waiting for those guys to really step up because their bench isn't that strong and that's the one thing that's really hurting miami is how bad is their bench you know you look at atlanta new york deep benches you look at even Milwaukee, they got a couple guys in that bench, Brooklyn bench. So that's really the one thing Miami's starting five, I think, can match up with any team in the East, but it's that bench. But, you know, they're locked for me, and at worst, they'll be they'll be in that 5-3 range. That's their ceiling, and that's their floor for me. Not
0: to mention, their top five can match up with any team in the Eastern Conference, but how long can that top five, can that starting five play? Mm. Lowry's 35, 36. Tucker is 36. Right now, Jimmy is in his 30s as well. You don't have a lot of young guys in that lineup. And Duncan Robinson is great, but he's not bringing value defensively. Mm. Bam is the only guy who can play 36-plus minutes a game. And I would say stay healthy for the entire year. They're counting on a lot of older guys. And if their bench doesn't step up, they're going to have dead
1: legs. I do agree with majority of what we've said. I think that this is probably, in my opinion, the most improved team going into next season. Either these guys or the Bulls. Um, but you bring in Kyle Lowry, you bring in P.J. Tucker, automatically they're thrown into the conversation as probably the best defense in basketball right now. <clears throat> you said it. I I, I I, hate to keep reiterating points, but it's really perfectly said. You bring in Kyle Lowry. Bam out of Bios game is going to be unleashed even more, and I think what my biggest concern right now with the Heat is who's going to be that offensive guy? Last season they only had one guy average over 20 points, and that was Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler got hurt, and that's why the heat dropped off to the sixth seed. Once he came back, he really saved their season. And then Jimmy was spent come playoff time, and Milwaukee obviously had the answer for Milwaukee. Oh, excuse me, for Miami, handled them swimmingly, but I just don't know if this team is going to be as offensively dominant as needed to beat a Milwaukee, as needed to beat obviously Brooklyn. Defensively, they could bang with anyone. They the, they they really could have that claim as the best in the league. But offensively, I am concerned. I do think now you bring in Kyle Lowry, it's going to relieve some offensive offensive stress off Jimmy Butler, and it's going to allow him to to play more or not spend as much energy as he has these past two seasons uh, uh, trying to score the basketball. We've seen it in the finals. He was spent, bent over, uh, trying to grasp gasp for air. He was as exhausted as could be. And last season, he ran out of energy, too, and he had a terrible series. You bring in Kyle Lowry, you bring in P.J. Tucker, there's not as re- much responsibility on Jimmy. You need Jimmy to be the primary guy on this team in order to be successful. And I think that's what these additions do. But I do have my concerns on offense.
0: I, I, the Kyle Lowry addition, <laughs> yeah. I don't he's know how that. much the P.J. Tucker addition makes I mean, for them offensively oh No, that's
1: least. That has nothing to do with what I was... I was only talking about Kyle Lowry. No, I was I, laughing because he's... I,
0: uh, I, <laughs> no, I thought you mentioned PJ Tucker. I could have stolen his No, seen only thing about, Tucker.
1: listen, PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, defensively, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. That's what okay. makes them the one of the best, if not the, that's best, the best defense. Defensive starting for the first Dude, that's league. ridiculous. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy, uh, you have Bam. PJ Tucker probably is going to switchable, start. It's a switchable defense. And for then the most part. probably, who's it, Duncan and. Yeah, Duncan will start. Or, I think so too.
0: Mm-hmm. They need Duncan to start because Harrell needs to come off the bench right now. They it, need that yeah, scoring punch. For sure. Off the bench. I'm really not that concerned about their scoring too much. And even with their scoring, I I think the Heat are on that second tier of Eastern Conference teams where they're not quite a contender, but if an injury does happen to a contender, now we can get past them. You know, if a Harden or KD does go down, we can get past Brooklyn. You know, if, if we're just facing one of those guys, we can get past them. If Middleton goes down from Milwaukee or maybe Drew Holiday... Okay, two of those guys, we can beat them. I think Miami is in that tier. Jimmy Butler in the finals, yeah, he didn't have Goran Dragic though, and that True. was huge, and that's why he was so Bam, tired. Bam got hurt. Yeah. And then versus the Heat, I mean, now you have Johale on heat. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean, now that defensive unit, it's just different. I think they came in with a different mentality. I agree. I think Tyler Hero is going to take this step, a uh, next step this year. For sure. Um, I see 18 points per he game from Tyler Hero. Yeah, I could see him okay. winning the, the award as well. Bam out of bio, I think, takes another leap. I think Jimmy Butler stays around the same points per game averages. But a hero is going to be that key guy. And he's good enough to be a starter, but they want to start Duncan because Harold can create for himself. Duncan is much better suited to spot up and, and space the floor mm-hmm. for Jimmy, Lowry, and Bam. But I think people are sleeping on how good Tyler Hero can be. I mean, just two years ago as a rookie when he was in the playoffs, we were praising his potential. He was in the, he, you know, we were throwing him into categories of untradeable. Oh, you can't trade him for Harden. You can't trade him for say, Lowry. Yeah, say them. <laughs> and you yeah. you you know, they and a lot of people fed into this narrative. Yep. Then sophomore season stayed relatively the same, but didn't perform in the playoffs. Now all of a sudden he is not worth much. He's just an afterthought. I think that's wrong. This guy's going to come to play, and I think he has a chip on his shoulder as well. I've seen some pictures of him looking bulked up in the offseason, so he's gotten stronger. The Heat can be the third best team in the Eastern Conference, yep. and they, they can make the ECF, they can possibly make the finals if one of those stars are injured for those top teams in the Bucks and Nets, and their floor for me is the fifth seed.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, the one thing about Jimmy, he's so unselfish as a superstar, you know, he's so he can do everything for you on that basketball court, aside from shoot the three-ball, of course, but he should... Yeah, but he's just so unselfish, and yeah. you know he can do everything. And I think that's what's gonna you know benefit this team—a guy who isn't a me guy, he isn't an ego guy. He doesn't care who takes the last shot. He just wants to get the win. And that's another guy Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, a lot of guys without that ego. You know, you leave that ego at the door when you come into Miami. And like you said, Bam—you know, Bam and Tyler Hero are key for this team. It's key for the development. It's key for the culture. These two guys have to make that leap, and Tyler Harrell can be a sixth man of the year. They're going to need him to play at that type of level off that bench, especially with Oladipo not coming back until the middle of the year. So they're going to need him to be big, but I think this team is really good, and this team can definitely make an Eastern Conference Final if all things fall, but this team can stack up with any
1: team in the East. Another key component that we haven't spoken about, surprisingly, is Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra is obviously one of the better coaches in the NBA, period. He's taken this Miami Heat team from post-LeBron, post-Dwey, post Bosch, and really quick has already made them a serious contender again. Now, my ceiling for, for Miami is probably the three seed. I don't see them uh, being higher than Milwaukee. I don't see them being higher than the Nets. But they could be right, right beneath them. They're that good defensively. They will be that good offensively, they will do enough against the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they, they will hold their own against whenever they play the Western Conference, obviously. I don't have my worries about Miami until come playoff time. Once once playoff time comes, then I'll start wondering who's going to be that guy that they're going to give the ball to and say, hey, get us a bucket. It's going to be Jimmy, but who's going to be that second guy that you really can rely on? Jimmy can't do it by himself. We've seen it. Now, it's— No, he—do what by himself? Win. To get to a championship or win a championship. What's wrong with that?
0: I think we've seen I'm Butler. It. That's <laughs> really? I mean, I don't think we've seen Butler win a championship, but, but that's we, what I'm saying. we've, we've seen him put a team on his back.
1: I mean, sure, you could say that, but I'm thinking big picture. What's the ultimate goal for me personally? It's to win a championship. I get what you're saying. You're 100% right. We have seen Jimmy win against the Heat. He did a majority of the work against the Lakers. He was the only guy. But you can't be the one you no one wins by themselves. Yeah, against, it's history. Against Boston, Harrow stepped up. Man exactly, stepped exactly. Up, you know, It was a team effort. Lakers, I mean, they just got they got hurt and Jimmy was by himself. You can't win like that. Forty point point, dribble. He double, did his though. thing, bro. He tweaked yeah. listen, Jimmy is like that. I hope I didn't sound disrespectful to Jimmy. He did. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. But that really that really wasn't my intention. It's yeah, so- yeah that's why yeah. yeah, it's solely just you can't do it by yourself. He I needs agree. a support. You mentioned cast.
0: Spolstra I, it caught me by surprise because I thought you were going to mention Oladipo because we haven't talked about Oladipo at all. It's just that his injury he concerns can,
1: scare me.
2: Like, let me just ask you: What Oladipo are we getting? That's a good, great that's a question. Good question.
0: Let me ask you this question: That's even better. Between Tyler Hero and Oladipo, who's the true X factor for Miami?
2: Oladipo, because his defense. Good point. But
1: he's on two back-to-back bad injuries. But do you need Oladipo's defense? Yes. You don't necessarily need it. I think you, you do. need his offense. Oladipo,
0: if Oladipo... You do
2: need his offense. You know why I think you don't? Well, I think you do, but I think you need Oladipo's defense more. Because if you roll out a lineup of Kyle Lowry, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, PJ, and Bam, that's a da- that's all five can guard.
1: But do you think Oladipo needs the ball to be successful? No. No. Okay. I don't
2: think so, okay. and that's what that's what's going to be key. I think he's established what he is at this point. I
1: just think better off
2: ball Tyler Hero, of course. But I think what what fainted them last year and even in the bubble at times is Hero and Robinson. As although they can hit the three ball, they become pretty much da- like they become dangerous on the defensive end because now people are hunting yeah, for them. Fair enough. So it's like now you got Oladipo and Lowry and Butler out there. They have enough offense so they can stay afloat, but you can't hunt for any of
0: them. Not only that, but if Oladipo comes back and is a relatively solid or even better player, you can insert him in that starting lineup. And now you have Duncan off the bench. I think Lowry, Oladipo, Butler, Tucker, and Bam is the best one through five defensive lineup in the NBA. And Oladipo can create for himself too. So now you have four people in a lineup who can create. And with Tucker on the court offensively, you need more guys to be able to do that and create effectively.
1: I just don't know if I can trust Oladipo coming back and being that oh, effective. Yeah, yeah, oh,
0: yeah, yeah you absolutely right. I I agree, but this is also like an X factor. True. Like okay, like if Miami wants to be the best team possible,
1: you need who Oladipo. needs to be
0: that point. F- factor yeah. to really get them there. I think it's probably Oladipo. That's fair between enough. Between him and that's Harry. fair enough. The Boston Celtics last year were thirty six and thirty six. They finished with the seventh seed. They were a playing team, but this was a a a team that was struck by injuries, the COVID bug. We know Jalen Brown right now is out with a um quarantine. He has COVID. Yeah, he's He's quarantining. He has COVID. So this possibly could affect them because I think I read somewhere that the Celtics they're not fully vaccinated. So this could linger on throughout the season. But let's assume it doesn't. They got Kanner, Schroeder, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, and Juancho Hernan Gomez. But they lost Kemba, Trisha Thompson, Fournier, Ojale, for whatever that's worth, and Carson Edwards. And But they did lose Taco Fall. Now, <laughs> that, that's a big move, right? Losing Taco Fall. Where do you see the Boston Celtics being this year? If they're fully healthy, let's say Tatum and Brown are playing the entire year, how good can they be?
2: This is... It's it, And it's it's crazy because Boston is a dangerous team when they play at their best. But they're also one of those teams that can play under, you know, they, they don't play to the best of their abilities. Injuries did plague them last year. COVID really hit this team hard. They built up depth. with They lost Kemba Walker, but they brought in Dennis Schroeder. They have Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson. Peyton Pritchard still a really good player. Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Lanford, they got some burn in the playoffs. And you saw they played good when they played, you know, so – this is a team that's going to be led heavily by JB and JT, and both of them are capable of doing it. I like the team, and I like the starting five. You know, Al Horford, you know, he's old at this point, but I think Robert Williams has established that starting five spot as being that defensive anchor. You know, he's a strong defensive player that can catch lobs. He can defend. He can play the – he can defend the pick and roll, which is something you need in this game. My, my biggest thing is that bench. You know, uh, we know the starters, smart – Jb, Jt, Robert Williams. But they're probably going to start Josh Richardson. So we know the starters. Al Horford, do you want to think we'll start? <sighs> I think Robert Williams should start at this point in his career. I think he's established that starting five spot. But even off the bench, you know, you got Pritchard, you got Dennis Schroeder. young guys. You got Aaron Nismith, Al Horford. You know, it's like not young,
0: uh, but he's a got- guy. Yeah,
2: like know you know, you young mean. guys in terms of in mm-hmm. the NBA. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like. It's going to be tough, but I think this team has developed that Brad Stevens is moving up. Ime Adoka being the head coach, I think he's going to bring a different vibe, a different energy to this team. You know, Brad Stevens, I think he's more better suited for the spot he's in right now. But I like this team. You know, I think this team, the ceiling is about a fourth or a fifth seed. You know, I think with JB and JT, you can never count them out. But if one guy goes down, I feel like that's a big blow. And we saw it last year, you know, they dropped all the way into the plane, and they had to fight to get in. Mm-hmm. I think there's floor obviously is a playing team. This team is a team that gets hurt. This team is a team that's been dealing with COVID. And Dennis Schroeder, you know, coming off of, you know, not a great playoff series, okay, but, you know, not that good playoff series. What is he going to be in his new role? Oh, he was Marcus bad. Smart being the point guard. How is he going to be in his new role, being the number one guy, the lead playmaker? That's going to be tough. But nonetheless, I still think this team is talented enough to be. At the ceiling, they are fourth or
1: fifth in their floor of playing. Off it. Tatum and JB, it's one of the better duos in our league. With those two alone, they could be a top seed in the East for sure. Not a top two. They could be a three, in my opinion. I just think with Jason Tatum solidifying himself as on the cusp of being a top 10 player, people talk about Jason Tatum as being around that 9, 10, 11 list range of best players in the league it's not far-fetched look at his offensive game he has every trick up his sleeve his post game is amazing his shot is amazing his shot off the dribble is amazing Tatum can do it all offensively he has that type of bag now you look at Jason uh Jalen Brown excuse me Jalen Brown has a good bag too he he's one of the more underappreciated players one thing that stuck out to me when you guys made that Bradley Beal is he top 20 you guys said JB and people had a stroke about it (laughs) Go watch JB play. JB defensively is, is um I don't want to say underrated because people know Jalen Brown's defense is amazing. And Celtics fans,
0: we'll just ask them in the comments right now. You know, put down your opinion in the comments. If you're a Celtics fan, would you take would you trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal? I straight guarantee, oh my God, ninety percent would say no. Yeah, straight not up too. No,
1: it, no extra, straight it, up. It just doesn't make any sense to do that, especially the fact that JB and JT have been coming up together. They've had already some postseason success. Why would why would you try and break that up? I don't see that happening. But regardless of that, I do have concerns with the depth. Like you mentioned, you get to the bench. Sure, Payne Pritchard has is. I do believe he'll have an impact this season, but. Who really knows the true impact of it until you see him play? I mean, last season was his rookie year; he really didn't do all too much. He was good. L- agreed. He he definitely had his moments, but it wasn't anything significant where you could think, "All right, this guy's up next." We really got a chance with this guy. I think in summer league he showed a little bit of that for sure. And and I'm not. I just not. Sh- I'm not sold on it until I see it. Al Horford. I think that was a really good pickup for them last year. They desperately needed a big, and that's why I say when you say Robert uh, Williams is going to start at the five. He has earned that, but at the same time I think he's just undersized to play the 5 consistently. I think they realized that last season and that's why they went out and got Al Horford back. I think Al Horford is going to play for uh be in the starting lineup. I just would not be surprised if you're right. Robert does play the 5 come offensive or excuse me, come offense but defense you need you need that size. Down Al Horford low. is two inches taller. I with think less offensively,
0: bounce. I think offensively you take Horford though. Yeah. No. I think I, it's the I, opposite. Know, I think defensively at the five. Williams, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think defensively you take Williams. More spacing
1: right now, but that's why I would, Al Horford offers more spacing on offense. That's why I say you play him at the but four. Defense, you got like He's still he's
0: old. I just don't think you can play a two big man lineup in today's NBA
1: and be Not with those two. And that's fair. That's fair. But the thing is, they were getting killed down low. That's the only reason why I automatically go to that. But. I can understand why you'd have Al Horford come off the bench. He will give you solid minutes off the bench. And I, same think thing with with gonna get, I think they're going to
0: get. I think they're going to get killed down low. Whether it's Williams, Horford, and we we all know what Canner is. I hate Grant Williams. Uh huh. And Grant Williams is more of a PJ Tucker mold player. He's not going to guard your fives. He, he he'll do an okay job, but he won't do much. The Celtics, their bench is fine to me. Um, Pritchard, to me showed me that he can be a solid backup point guard for years to come, and maybe even blossom into a starter role. Not a high end starter. Smart. But he just plays the game, and I think got a good shot. he's a complimentary player. He can play for sure. with stars and you know, just be a contributor. I think Dennis Schroeder has something to prove this season. I think he's going to be in the sixth man of the year running for the entire year.
1: And real I quick, think, for the contract that they got him for, that yeah, was a Of course, a steal. that's a great
0: contract. I think Schroeder is going to prove himself to get a contract that he wants to sign <laughs> this upcoming offseason. But also Horford great signing whether he starts or he comes off the bench I think just getting him in the building was an awesome move if one of these guys goes down now you have Ennis Cancer, who we know when he plays enough minutes he's a double double machine it's really about Aaron Neesmith off the bench and even him developing into a better player to be that starter I don't think the Celtics are feeling all so confident in Josh Richardson being your starter and you know He's limited as a floor spacer. He's good in isolation. He's an okay defender. But really, ever since he's left Miami, he's dropped off every single season. In Miami, we viewed him as, wow, this could be a guy, potential-wise. Now we don't view him in that same light. I think Aaron Neesmith has to develop for him to take that certain job because he's a guy who in college shot above 40% from three. A guy like that next to Tatum and Brown, I think that fits their game much more better than then Josh Richardson, my real question is, can they stay healthy? Can, can JB stay healthy? Can Ho- Horford being older, Richardson dealt with the injury bug. Second concern, how good will Marcus Smart be at the one? Mm. Is he going good to concern. make that transition that's up in the air right now? And how much better will their bench be? You know, I think it'll be better, but how much better? Is it enough to make up? for the discrepancy that they 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 lack last season yep. and also is size still going to be an issue Robert Williams 6'8 Horford 6'10 maybe generous probably around 6'9 and has no vertical is size going to be their issue and their downfall because I think teams with centers that are at least all-star caliber look at the Boston Celtics and say that's this is a 20 and yeah. 15 night for
1: you yeah now I look at the Celtics floor and I'm I'm not seeing them anything lower than the AC. I mean, sure the injuries hit them. That's why I have them going into that category. But they showed that they still will be dominant, win that playing game, and still roll right into the playoffs. So might I have no doubts that they're going to make the playoffs. Excuse me, the play in at the minimum. I do I do believe that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will do more than enough to to not even have to worry about that. I think that Jason Tatum is going to prove to everyone that he is that guy. He is that type of offensive powerhouse that he has already shown to be. I just want to see it on the defensive side. We know that Jalen Brown's gonna be he's gonna bring it every night defensively. Jason Tatum's a solid defender, but I want to see him really take take pride in, in playing defense. Because Marcus Smart, that's basically all he does. His obviously he he does other things in terms of facilitating. He has a decent shot, but really his primary focus is defense. If they could they could hone in on defense, then maybe they really can make some noise and make a run in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, I agree. And on to the next team, the Washington Wizards. This is a team that was the eighth seed with the duo of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. They made a lot of moves. They definitely shifted their roster from last year, a lot of new additions and subtractions. But this, to me, is like the... They are the Houston Texans of the NBA. They went out in free agency and they got a bunch of players that don't really move the needle, but I guess they're okay additions that make them slightly better. Corey Kispert in the draft, Isaiah Todd, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, KCP, Dinwiddie, Aaron Holiday. For me, the Wizards, it's really on. Do you think this abundance of role players ultimately makes you better as a team rather than having a star in Westbrook? Do you think the additions of Dinwiddie and Kispert and Kuzma and Harrell are much better suited to take you farther than with Westbrook and Hachimura right now isn't with the team? I guess with Washington, my biggest question mark is are they going to be a good team or not? You know, I can see them being a playing team, but I can also see them falling off.
2: This is going to answer the question of how good is Bradley Bill? I think this is going to really test Bradley Bill. This is going to be the moment we find out, is Bradley Bill that guy you can build around? Perfect situation, perfect opportunity. You want to stay? Fine. Let's see how good you really are. This team, you're looking at this team. Montrez, Harrell, good player. Corey Kispert, good draft. KCP, we know what he is. Solid player. Aaron Holiday, he's all right. Rui, good player, young player. He's getting better. Denny Advia, we have yet to see much from him. Still a young player.
0: But I think with them drafting Kispert.
2: Puts him in a hole. Mm-hmm. Daniel Gafford, good player when they give him some good minutes. Kyle Kuzma has something to prove. Thomas Bryant, good player, got hurt. Spencer Dinwiddie has something to prove. Good player, though. Davis Burton's good player. We know what he is. So this is a team that can run 9-10 deep. They have one star player, Bradley Bill. He's going to be the leader of the core. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's going to be the point guard. He's not really much of a creator. He's kind of a a ball hog in a sense. This is the team with a lot of players with something to prove. And that can only uplift you or it can only bring you down. This is, for me, their ceiling is a play-in. This is a play-in team. This is a team that can get into the play-in and can sneak a win or two and then get into the playoffs and then get swept. Their floor is the lottery. I think this team, this is really going to dictate what we think of Bradley Bill. I know we've been on this show. We don't think, we're not saying Bradley Bill is an all-star. We just don't think he's one of the twenty or the twenty-five best players in the NBA. Twenty-five for sure. Yeah, twenty-five. I think no, you know, we did. Yeah, we did say twenty-five, but twenty was you know we're stretching it. So this is really going to decide what he is as a player, you know. And I think this is really going to dictate how he is, who he is, and if this was a really a smart decision staying in Washington. But nonetheless, they have good players, but their ceiling is a playing because I don't think they have any players that really thread the needle. We've seen a lot of these players last year. Montrez was unplayable in back-to-back. Not just one. Back-to-back playoff runs with the Clippers and then with the Lakers. And then Kyle Kuzma has just fallen off a cliff ever since his rookie year. Granted, injuries have messed him up, but then we don't know his role and then he just hasn't been good. So it's going to be tough, but they do have players. Rui was good. KCP is a 3 and D player. You know what I'm saying? So Thomas Bryant was good when he was playing. But this their ceiling is a playing, and their
1: floor is a lottery to me. I'm going to agree that their ceiling would be a playing team. Do I believe that they'll be a playing team? Personally, no. I'm not in love with the moves that they made. You trade Russell, you get KCP, you get Kyle Kuzma, you get Montrezl Harrell. KCP, I'll miss him every single day. That was a solid, that was a solid piece for us. Good defender, decent shot on him as well. He's a solid ball player. Montrezl Harrell... He could go, I'm not not thinking twice about it. Kuzma's the interesting one to me because Kuzma, when he first was on the Lakers, that first rookie season, even his second season, he showed a lot of promise. But then once he had stars on his team and he was asked to be more off-ball type of scorer, it became difficult for him to grasp that that role and really be consistent with, with playing at a, a at a high level. Now, he comes here to Washington, which you're looking at it, he's most likely at best the third option. You have obviously Beal. Dinwoody is going to get the ball. You didn't. It might j- be like
2: the fourth, fifth.
1: Exactly. I'm a- no. Exactly. A hundred percent. At Dinwiddie going to have more touches than him. Then Rui Hachimura is going to probably get more touches than him. It's not as if he's going to a situation where, okay, Kuz, you're going to be our guy. We're going to give you the ball. And we're going to ask you to to go and try and get us twenty to twenty three a night. It's not. It's not going to be like that. It's a pretty similar situation to what's going on in L. A. So I'm not all in on this move either. Now, a reason why I'm also down on them is, let's say, like I mentioned, their ceiling I do believe is a play in team because there's you're right they're deep they're a deep enough team where they could probably they they have a chance at making the play in. But let's say they lose a bunch of games early. Let's say they're three and eleven, three and fourteen, something like that. Do you think it's time to move on from Bradley Beal and, and ensure that you're actually getting compensation for Bradley Beal? If Bradley, if I'm Bradley Beal and my team's three and fourteen already, I'm gonna I'm gonna play hard, obviously, because I'm Bradley Beal and I know I could probably average twenty six to twenty eight points per game, but thirty my, exactly, yeah, for real. He's that he's t- he's like that offensively, but his heart's not in it. He's already not that a, a defensive minded player. The biggest ho- the biggest hole for them last season was defense. They brought in KCP as a good defender. Sure, Montres Harrell's a solid defender. Other than that, there was nothing really that, that any moves they made that moved the needle for them. If they lose games early on, they need to look and think, all right, Bradley, either we're going to ship you and we're going to actually get something, or we're going to let you walk, we're going to get absolutely nothing for you, and our franchise is going to be in an even worse position, position than it already is. So their floor for me is a bottom three team. It's 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 a possibility that if they lose enough games and Bradley Beal's out of there, they're done for this season. And you're right, they could possibly be a lottery team.
0: Wow, uh, Bradley Beal's good enough to to actually to not be a bottom three team. Lottery, I can maybe see like if they're like the 14th best chances. I'm
1: with you with maybe with Beal. No way they're they're a bottom three, but
0: but the Wizards, I'd actually be feeling pretty optimistic if I was a Wizards fans about this about this team. Uh, for the reason that I think. When asking that question of do a combination of role players fulfill a role of a star, it depends. I think Russell Westbrook it does. You know, I think these these players. I'd much rather have Dinwiddie, KCP, Kuzma, and Harrell rather than just having Westbrook. If I am a team like Washington who already doesn't have two stars that can compete for a championship, but I think Washington is in a good position and they fired Scott Brooks. Wes Unsell Jr. is the coach now. I'd be feeling very optimistic about that. Scott Brooke, Brooks runs one of the more predictable offenses in the NBA. And it's been that way since OKC with Russ and KD. It's our offense is running through them. It's they're going to take their turns on who goes, who isos, when and where. And that's it. In Washington, it was much of the same thing. They didn't have a fluid offense and their defense was bad as well. But I think Daniel Gafford, finding him who was a gem, does up their defense. Kuzma is not a bad defender. Dinwiddie, Beal, we know they're bad. But I think this offense has a potential to be a very fluid and free-flowing offense, which is going to help these players. But we mentioned it the other day, they lack a true playmaker, right? Dinwiddie's not a playmaker. Beal's not a playmaker. Kuzma isn't either. Maybe even without Scott Brooks, we're looking at a team that just takes turns. Yep. I think Kuzma is the third option. Harold's going to come off the bench, and he'll be that guy. Mm-hmm. But I think Kuzma's going to fill into that third role, and there will be nights he'll be that second. But I'm not sure if Kuzma's Hachimura, just— Hachimura, though. He hasn't reported to the team yet. And he's dealing with some personal matters. So Hachimura might not be there to start the season. Kuzma, I think, does settle into that role— and their bench has a lot of players that are good and good NBA players. I'd be feeling optimistic about this team and the direction we're going in if I was a Wizards fan. But in terms of what they can be, they're a playing team. I think their ceiling is making it to the playoffs as the eighth seed. (laughs) Their floor is missing it as a tenth, ninth. But they're definitely a playing team as long as Bradley Beal's there. They have a good collection of talent on their roster that can – do okay. I wouldn't say do too good, yeah, but they I, can do okay. I
2: agree. I think, you know, lottery, when I say lottery, I don't mean bottom lottery, but I think they're like in the 12, they'll pick in the 12, 13, 11s. Like, they'll pick there because they're, they're still a team that can make a run into the playing. But, you know, let's see. Let's, you know, all the Bradley Bill fans jumping on our necks. He's this, he's that. So let's see
0: and they complain about him not having a team, but he chose to stay.
2: Yeah, so let's see. He has this is a team that can get you into the playoffs playing. Let's see. We've seen guys drag worse teams to the in or the playoffs. So let, let's see how good he really is. You know, let's see if he can carry this team. This team is a solid team up and down, ten man rotation. So we'll see. There's a lot of guys with a lot of things to prove. So it's going to be a chip on their shoulder. Same with their coach. So it's going to be interesting to see. Definitely.
0: Another interesting team are the Indiana Pacers. Ooh. They won 34 games last year. They hired a new coach, Nate Bierjek. I think that's how you say it. I'm be even pronouncing it wrong. I think I am. So they fired him after one year because the players didn't vibe with him. Rick Carlisle is now their coach. And the last time Rick Carlisle was the Pacers coach in his first year, they won 60 games. They had a lot of success with Rick Carlisle. And I think the biggest question mark is how healthy will they be? You know, Brogdon was hurt. Sabonis and Brogdon missed 10-plus games. Miles Turner missed over 20. Levert, we know he's always going to play half the season and no more than that. And Warren missed the entire season. So are the Pacers going to stay healthy? And will the addition of Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson and Torrey Craig be enough to maybe make up for the lack of their starters getting hurt constantly? I think that they're an interesting team. To me, they're a sixth seed if everybody stays healthy. I think 10 seed, I think they're still a playing team. This, to me, is a playing team. But, man, the Pacers, there's a lot of question marks. And I heard that there's a Ben Simmons rumor going around that if they were to trade for Ben Simmons, Karis LeVert would be involved in the the deal. Hmm.
2: This is all, like you said, this is an interesting team. This is a team just full of really good players. You know, the team full of...
0: Real star. You want to count Sabonis in that. I'm not too high on Sabonis. As Sabonis everybody, else. Sabonis is borderline that. Yeah,
2: dude. I'm not I'm not as high on Sabonis as everybody is. I don't think he's a franchise player. I don't think he can be the best player on your team. and You can see consistent success. You know, I think he still he lacks on that defensive end. He's not a guy you can give it to. You can go get a bucket at all times. It's, it's weird. Malcolm Brogdon, I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's that guy. You know, same with Karis LeVert, same with TJ Warren. This team is very interesting because this is a team, like I said, full of good players. You know, Jeremy Lane, he's back. Torrey Craig, that's a good piece. I think Chris Duarte was a good pickup, a 3 and D guy who can come in, who can instantly impact the game as a rookie. But you TJ McConnell is still there. You know, he was solid for them as the backup role. But I think this team ceiling is a plan. You know, this is just a team full of good players. They don't have any game changers. You know, this team... They did get a game-changing coach, I feel like. I think Rick Carla is going to change the culture there. I think he can definitely benefit them. But this is a team with a lot of just good players, and and even not just good players, injury-prone players. Kareem Slavert, Brogdon missed some time. T.J. Warren, we still don't know when he's going to be back. He's missed some time. Miles Turner, he's had nagging injuries throughout his career, and even then, he's been on the trade block for the past two, three seasons. So this is a team that has a lot of question marks and it's just it's going in a weird direction more not even a weird direction it's going in the direction of just consistent mediocrity you know it's
0: just indiana has been a team that has refused to rebuild you know they're still they're trying to
2: compete and they they're can't they're still
0: trying to compete and this goes back to having paul george you had a window with paul george that ended abruptly you you get oladipo and sabonis back oladipo turns into an all-star sabonis improves now you're in this stage where, okay, we have five players that are very good in our starting lineup. We have an okay bench, but we know we're probably not going to be a contender. We know we might not get out of the first round. They're basically what the Atlanta Hawks were in the 2010s, late 2000s, where they're stuck in mediocrity. Do they go all in on the tank, or do they just remain competitive?
2: That's yeah that's and that's the question they have to answer, but you know my ceiling for them is a play-in. I think this is another play-in team for them. I can see a lottery as their floor. You know, I think the lottery is the best bet for them. Start rebuilding. Start looking at these guys in the draft and start building something because you're not going to get anything free agency. You're just not a good destination. Even, like you said, Paul George, he stated in the all the Smoke interview that he had an opportunity to get a star big man, like a a legit star big man to come play with him. And Indiana said they couldn't do it. They didn't bother to make the deal. And there was just a lot of that. So it's like, you know, Trust the rebuild process. You're you're one of those you're one of those teams where if you trust the rebuild, maybe you know like Toronto did, or like a Charlotte is doing. You're one of those teams that need to trust the rebuild because you're not a free agent destination. And I think they're just stuck in stubbornness at the moment.
1: I'm pretty high on the Pacers actually. I like the Pacers' rosters, particularly their starting five: Brogdon, LeVert, Bubble Warren, Sabonis, Miles Turner. What did you call him? Bubble Warren? Because <laughs> that's really where he blossomed, truthfully. Now he had some good moments on the Suns, also, but obviously he a became yeah for real. That being said, these are scores that could score in dynamic ways, and you pair this up with a new head coach in Rick Carlisle, who is known to to run different types of offensive schemes, and he's bringing in a new a new philosophy. Thank you, a new philosophy that the Pacers really haven't had offensively that he's only kept basically secret with the Mavericks almost his entire career. I do I do believe that this offense is going to be one of the better offenses as long as they can stay healthy. For me personally, if they're all healthy the whole season, their ceiling for me is around that 5-6 seed. I do believe in the Pacers for sure. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is a solid point guard. He is a, a good bucket getter. Karis LeVert, we saw last season what he can do when he has the ball in his hands.
0: Well, if he's healthy, no doubt. Yeah, they're no, he's
1: he's he is nice. Bubble Warren, another guy. When he's healthy, he is a solid ball scorer. Sabonis, one of the more complete all-around players. His defense does lack. But then you have Miles Turner who makes up for that. One of the better shot blockers in the league. Uh, but you mentioned it. For some reason, they have him on the trade block. I guess it's because they realize his contract's coming up soon and they don't want to pay him. But I think with this, with this five, Miles Turner Miles Turner and and Sabonis allow there to be Great amount of spacing on the court. Both of them are are decent shooters. Miles Turner can shoot the three. Sabonis can shoot the mid-range, kind of extend out a little bit. But then you have Warren, LaVert, and Brogdon who all can shoot. obviously shoot the ball, can obviously take the ball to the rack. This is going to be an offense that, again, like we were talking about before, they run this horn formation where you have Miles Turner and you have Sabonis Ironically enough, Sabonis can facilitate the offense as well. You have Sabonis who can facilitate, Brogdon who can facilitate, Karras is probably going to have the ball in his hands a bunch. You, It's just a bunch of different looks that the Pacers could throw at defenses, and it's going to mess a lot of teams up as long as they can stay healthy. That five to six range is not out of the realm of possibility. However, they get hurt, and that's true. and And you look at their floor, I'm probably thinking around – I'm thinking they're a playing team, regardless. Even still, I don't think that they'll drop eleven to twelve, unless the the like three out of the five starters go out, or even two out of the five starters. It's it's possible that that they drop off a little bit. But that being said, I am confident in these Pacers. I do believe that with Rick Carlisle, this offense is going to be really good.
0: I actually think Miles Turner might have a breakout year. Mm. Um, Rick Carlisle gushed about him. When he was with the Mavericks, he's called him the future of the five position. And I think that's a fair assessment. I think you look at Turner, who a guy who can defend at a high level, but also shoot three ball efficiently. Barry. He is the future of the five position, but he's just not a dominant five. Um, Rick Carlisle has also said that he's going to stagger Sabonis and Turner's minutes. So that's great. I think that's good news because you give Turner a chance to really play more freely than if he was with Sabonis because I think Sabonis does limit Turner's game because right now in the NBA, it's just so hard to have two big men in your starting lineup without one of them not feeling left out of the offense. Turner, I think the reason why he hasn't been traded is because all these trades for Miles Turner are bad trades. He's an undervalued player. He's an undervalued asset. He's a guy who... When he's on the court, he takes Indiana's defense from one of the worst to one of the better ones. He's a huge piece, and I don't think Indiana wants to trade him for a guy like Buddy Heald or whatever else the team wants to offer. I think they understand his value, so they have kept him throughout all these years. The X factor for me this season, though, is Karis LeVert's health. If Karis LeVert can stay healthy for the full year, he can he can be a borderline all-star. Mm. And depending on where Indiana is in the seating, can be an all-star. He's that good of a player. He does turn over the ball a lot. Uh, he's very careless with the ball, but he's an excellent player and an excellent scorer. But he doesn't, he also doesn't, he's never had the burden of putting a franchise on his back. But I think Indiana is a perfect place not to do that. Expectations aren't high. You have multiple good players around you. This team is talented, but what's their ceiling realistically? I don't think anybody's taking the Indiana Pacers seriously. So if you're a Pacers fan, you can enjoy watching great basketball at the expense of what you could be in the future, or you could just go all in on the tank now. And who knows, maybe Carlisle staggering Turner and Sabonis' minutes is a way for him to say, okay, which one do I really want to trade? You know, because that's been an ongoing argument. Which one do I really want to trade? Turner, who can be an anchor for me defensively, or Sabonis, who maybe I can trade for a guy who... Is not as good as him, but fits my team better, and now we have a kind of different dynamic to our offense and overall team.
2: It's tough, you know, because Karis Levert is his his history has shown us that he plays well. So l- let me just ask you
0: if, Ooh, if, if they get off. if they get because this <laughs> this leads right into Karis Levert. Mm-hmm. He would be in the deal if it was for Ben Simmons. Okay, what does Ben Simmons, Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon? bad. I'm not a huge
1: fan of it because he's mentioned it too. It's like, you know, obviously Ben's a, a solid facilitator, but you don't necessarily want the ball in his hands too much because of the, his lack of offensive production um, in terms of obviously scoring the basketball. You add miles Turner who obviously can stretch the floor. So maybe that provides some kind of space and for Ben to go down low. So bonus, He's not an excellent three-point shooter. Obviously, he can shoot the three ball, but he kind of extends like just beyond the free throw line. That spacing would be not ideal for what it could be right now. That means
2: Ben is fully reverting to the three spot. If they if he's going to Indiana, he will be a three. Yeah, but that's yeah. what
0: that's what Key said. But do I believe in that theory?
1: I, I personally I don't. don't personally. I don't
0: because it's not about the position thing. It's about well, it is about the position thing. Rich Paul has came out and said. Ben Simmons wants a team built around him. Ben Simmons wants to play like Giannis. Giannis plays that point guard role a lot. Sure. He, very early when he won his MVPs, he was the primary guy. But then we notice in the playoffs, it doesn't v- really work. And he transitioned. So you, you, he transitioned. But Ben Simmons ultimately wants to play that five-out style and attack and play that way. I think that Indiana team kind of suits him, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe if they if they do trade Lavert, yeah. maybe Sabonis goes as well, and you get a player who fits around Ben, who's a three and D guy or can space the floor very well. Now you have Brogdon, Warren, Ben Simmons, Turner, and a a good three and D player. It can work. Uh, you know, there's a lot of possibilities, but Ben Simmons does lift their ceiling. I think.
1: I just think that if you you trade Sabonis, you trade uh caris lavert this is not as intriguing to me as it is right now right now they have a lot of great spacing which is why i'm so intrigued by rick carlo coming in and and, and instilling these new ph- uh, philosophies to the squad because they could do so many dynamic things because not only is saponis a solid facilitator he could play that that pick and pop pick and roll type play as can miles turner Karis LeVert can run the point guard type play as well. You have Brogdon, obviously, is that hybrid 1-2 guard as well. Bob Warren is a solid... He, he's a slasher. He, he is a slasher, but he has a good shot as well. I mean, it's manageable. Are, For sure. <laughs> it's I mean, it's I'm mean, i pretty sure he had eight threes in... Uh, in the, I mean, he shoots like 35% for his career. For which me. isn't bad he's by a, he's any means. A, he's a, I mean, it's, it's manageable. No, yeah, it's average, average, for freaking, sure. Average. Yeah, w- which I'm more than fine with. And with a starting five like this... It could be a problem, for real. Problem? As in, like, you know, obviously, offensively, it'll be a problem. But defensively, that's where I have my concerns, other than Miles Turner.
0: The swaggiest team in the in the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets. I think uh, if we were to vote on the team that had the most handsome players, they'd probably win that poll. <laughs> if we were just to put it out. Uh, the Hornets are 33 and 39. They were the 10th seed in the NBA. And they added James... Wow. They added James Bucknight, Kai Jones, GT, J.T. Thor, Scotty Lewis, Ish Kelly Oubre, Plumlee, and Awundu. I mean, when I'm telling you guys that this probably would a collect the the, the best wow. collection of fancy players, this probably it probably goes to the Hornets. I mean, Bucknight and Oubre are being being added to this team. Sheesh. That's an all star caliber yeah. roster. Uh, subtractions: Devonte Graham, Zeller, and Malik Monk are now gone. This year is about. Lamelo's year two leap. How good is it going to be? We saw Trey Young go from twenty and eight, 20 and nine, his rookie season, to then touching thirty and ten, basically in his second year. So what is Lamelo going to do? Rozier, we know he had a fantastic season. Is Hayward going to stay healthy? If he is, I think this team can be the fifth seed in, in the Eastern Conference. I'm very high on the Hornets. Um, the the separator fifth seed. Yes, the, the separator for me. In the East, between the third seed and the eighth seed is about four or five games. So I do think their ceiling could be the fifth seed with LaMelo, Rozier, Hayward, Bridges, Plumlee. Off the bench, Oubre, Bucknight, P.J. Washington, Kai Jones, McDaniels. They can run small. This is my concern. It's not the starters. It's the bench. Mm. And it's James Bucknight and Oubre. I wasn't sure why they got Oubre at first because I just don't think he's a fit with many teams in the NBA. When I look at James Bucknight and I look at his play style, it reminds me a lot of Jordan Poole. A rhythm scorer. Needs the ball in his hands, although he could come off the screens and pin downs and be effective that way. I want the ball in Bucknight's hands. Oubre limits that. And in Golden State, Oubre limited that with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's stats with Oubre, he averaged 10 points, shot 40% from the field, and 35% from three in 17.7 minutes, so in 18 minutes. Jordan Poole without Oubre jumped up to 23 minutes per game, averaged 16, shot 48% from the field, and 35% from three. I think James Knight is similar in the way that him and Poole play, that it's better if you don't have Oubre on the court with Knight. But if he's going to be on the core of Book Knight, that's probably going to limit his game. So that's the only thing I really don't like about the Hornets team, but I like the style they play. They're a fun team to watch. James Borrego had to steal the culture within this organization. LaMelo brings a bunch of eyeballs to the team. He's a celebrity in himself, a gigantic one at that. But I really like the Hornets, you know. But the two problems is the Buck Knight, Oubre dynamic, and size at the center position. This is even worse than the Celtics. The Celtics have a bad center rotation group, or at least it's an average one with Williams and Horford. The Hornets have none. I mean, it's Plumlee who's a little bit better than Zeller, and then who else? Kai Jones you're relying on so early. I don't really see it. This is a team that opposing centers, like I said before, they look at the Hornets and say, "Vucevic, you're going off for 30. This is a game we're going to play through you. You're going to get 30 and 16." And the Hornets, I like them, though. They are they made a lot of additions, and this is also about internal development. They have a lot of players with a lot of potential.
2: I like Charlotte. You know, I think they're a young, fantastic team. I think they're exciting to watch. one of the most exciting teams in the league. You know, they had an A draft. They had picked up amazing players. And I think the guys that they got last year and the year before, and Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, people were sleeping on them, you know. People were calling them overpays. And I think both of them guys showed out and showed that they weren't overpays, you know. Although although they didn't make the playoffs, I think they're both good additions to LaMelo ball. You know, those are guys who can play with them. Miles Bridges has shown that he can also play with LaMelo. They have a great duo, great connection. It's tough though. Like you said, the East is deep. The East has a lot of great teams. And this is a this their ceiling for me is an eighth seed. You know, I think this team is still a bit young. You know, they're gonna have to rely a lot on their youth to really put in pain this year. Lamelo Ball, we're expecting year two jump. Miles Bridges, we're expecting him to take a jump. P.J. Washington, what is he gonna do with all the scrutiny that's happened to him, and how much emotion that's been into? How is he gonna play this year? His it could baby affect moms. Yeah, it could yeah. affect him this year. You know that could hurt and haunt him all year. Terry Rozier, good. Terry Rozier, you know he this summer he had a he built that continuity with the team. You know they worked out together before training camp, so I love that. But like you said, Kelly Oubre, I watch Golden State. He's a very weird player in the sense that sometimes he diminishes other guys and diminishes the team in whole. It's hard to play him if he's not on fire. He's a guy who demands a lot of the ball, but also sometimes he doesn't benefit from it. You he know, breaks
0: the rhythm of our offense a lot.
2: Yeah, thank you. So it's it's gonna be tough. You know, like you said, Mason Plumlee, he's okay, but I don't think he's a starting big in this league, especially in the East where you need a big. You know, James Bucknaght was a great pickup. Kai Jones, he's a good big, but he's still thin, and he has to—he needs a year or two of development to really be that starting five. But I like like I said, ceiling, I think this team is talented enough to get an eighth seed. You know, I think this team is talented enough to walk into the play and easily win those games. Floor, they're a high lottery team, just like Washington. You know, I think they'll, they'll – if they're not in the playing. they'll be like that 11th, 10th seed, ninth seed. I think they'll
1: fight, though, just like they did last year. So I do like this Hornets team. It's just I'm not ready yet to be all in on them to say that they're a fifth seed in the East potentially. I think LaMelo is going to have an excellent season. We saw it early on that obviously his impact on the court automatically leads to wins. And we saw that the Hornets were the best that they've been in a long time. Obviously, Kemba had them in the playoffs. But this is the most excited that Charlotte fans have been about basketball in years. You mentioned Gordon Hayward. Now, Gordon Hayward is interesting to me because he is a solid ball player, and he's he had pretty similar stats to LaMelo, actually, averaged like four, four more points. Only thing about that is you don't know what you're going to get with Gordon Hayward in terms of his body. Gordon Hayward is a solid ball player, but ever since he's left Utah, he's always had a bunch of injury concerns. I do really like the draft that they had. James McKnight, you take best available in your next pick. You take Kai Jones. You needed you needed a center like you mentioned. Guys are going to target their big men. You get a guy in Kai Jones. You know you have time to develop these guys. The the Hornets are not going to be contenders this season for a championship. The whole goal with Lamelo Ball is to eventually build a team around him to compete to at least contend for a championship. And who knows with the development of how the the the, the Hornets run their organization and the way that Lamelo uh, initiates the offense and gets his guys involved, how Kai Jones can develop. PJ Washington, I'm high on PJ Washington. It's just a term, it, in terms of his consistency, is what I'm not high on. Because we've seen what PJ Washington can do when he, he gets really hot. He can drop 40 points in a game, but then he goes in, and can go the next night and, and just drop under 15 points, 12 points. If we see PJ Washington become more consistent, you can smile at me. PJ Washington. 40, bro.
0: Damn. It's amazing. I know, but damn, he was like we could see him drop forty. Like, I mean, he did drop. 40. He did it once. But,
1: but that's my point. He has that potential of being a solid ball player. It's just. Do unturn- you trust his size? That's that's exactly why I like the Kai Jones selection, and and Mason Plumley is whatever, truthfully. But this isn't <laughs> a team that is going to compete this season for a championship. Yeah, oh, but do
0: you think? Like, I understand you, you. You believe that the goal for teams is to compete for a championship. Yeah. That's not where the Hornets are at right now. Uh, oh, I agree I, I think that I, I don't even think the that's organization— exactly That's my point,
1: King, for sure. It's just that this season right now, of how I look at it— But I think right gonna, now the step is the playoffs. And I do believe that their ceiling is a potential playoff team, for sure.
0: Playoff, like, playing 8-7 or 6 Correct. No, six.
1: I can't see them at a 5 or 6 seed right now. There's too much going on in the East right now. There's too many teams that have experience and talent that I just feel more confident in than I do the Hornets.
0: Let me ask you this.
1: Okay, look at Atlanta and the Hornets. Taking Atlanta, not even thinking twice.
0: No, of course uh-huh. I think so too. But we know what held Atlanta back was Nate McMillan. I mean, was a uh, Lloyd understand. Pierce. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Hornets are not held back by a coach. No. James Borrego is a good coach. Yep. Let's just swap Lamelo and Trey Young. Put Trey Young on Charlotte. How highly do you think of this team?
1: I mean, Trey Young's solid ball player, obviously. No, they're a
0: lock to make yeah. the playoffs with that. Well, LaMelo, let's just say he takes a year two jump similar to what Trey did. Jumps up, ate a game. That's an excellent lot. I'm not ready. Let's-
1: I just dropped down OD. <laughs> I'm not ready.
0: I don't know if that's asking a lot based off the flashes
1: we've seen but from he's LaMelo. Not the, he's not the jump shooter that Trey Young is.
0: Well, Trey Young shoots 35% from three. Don't LaMelo that. shot that last year. I am not. I know Trey Young is much more of a deep threat. I know he's a better shooter. But I don't think Lamelo is a liability at shooting. I don't no. I'm
1: not saying that. I'm just saying, given the fact that Trey Young's jump shooting ability and I think, is so high. But I also him.
0: think Lamelo, defensive upside, one hundred times higher than, sure. than Trey. Yeah, and as a playmaker, it's very close, yeah, bro. You look And the, you might you might favor Lamelo because of his side at six seven to view. Over defenses, it's not even that Trey Young. The difference why we might not
2: see that jump is because Trey Young, when he did the jump, the team was predicated in putting the ball in his hands as all mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is not predicated like that, Lamelo. We yeah, won't see yeah, the ball. Yeah, but but in you're but you're, you're
0: also under the assumption that well, I don't know if you're operating under this assumption, but he was a rookie, and when he started, he averaged 18, 6 and six. Oh no, that yeah, was amazing. So if we're under the assumption that he's going to get better from that year. I don't think it's crazy to say a full year as a starter he can average 22 and 8. 22 23 and 8
2: with Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Yes. It's
1: tough. I think so. I think that if you look at Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball, obviously you want LaMelo Ball to And be if 1A. LaMelo
0: takes that All-Star leap, I think are the is this not a lock for the playoffs? I think we're more
1: lock for the playoffs. I'm not ready. They it's it, all about death, dude. Lock is obviously. 16. Do you think LaMelo, Terry and Gordon by themselves are a lock for a 5? I don't think it's Are you they're taking by them over I the Celtics. I don't think
0: they're by themselves. I think they have a good bench, and I think Bridges brings a lot of value to their team as well. I do. I think, Bridges they're, I is think solid. overall they're just a good team. Listen, think, I'm not
2: disagreeing with that guy. I gun. think Lamelo is gonna take that jump that John Morant took. A marginal jump in his in his numbers and a marginal jump in his game. I don't think we're gonna see it pop off in the stats, but I think we're gonna see. A jump where you're not going to look at the stats and be like, "Oh my God, he took a big improvement." Which if you watch him, be like, "No, he's taking steps in his game." I don't, I don't know. If, it's hard to say he's going to jump to Trey because even then, Trey jumped in and he was what the second year was like twenty-eight and eleven. That's a crazy jump from year one to year well, two. Well, yeah, okay, but so I don't know. Trey if Young, that's what happen.
0: did he average his rookie season? 20? and nine. Yeah, it's nineteen and eight. So next season he averaged twenty nine. So he took a ten Jesus point jump. Christ. Yeah, I don't. And one more assist. Yeah, that's not Lamelo's not going to do that. I don't know. But you don't think Lamelo can jump up to it, eight assists? Just because of the team? No, oh yeah, I think, I think yes, he can yeah, for so sure. What him? He Lamelo averaged fifteen last year. Yep. So if he jumps to twenty three, I think that's kind of like I don't think two he'll point, get to twenty three. It's two points off of that, but I think it's similar. I think he can get to. I
2: 23. think Rozier is going to be the leading scorer on the team.
1: I don't think that if the Hornets want the success that they want to have that Rozier is going to be the number one. I think it's not... It's because LaMelo's going to take more of the playmaking this year because he now he's going to be a full-time See, starter. But you can also be, obviously, with Trey Young. You can be a facilitator and also still be your primary scorer. You understand what I'm saying? LaMelo has the capabilities. I just think Trey Young, to him, is different because Trey Young is an unbelievable shooter. You understand what I mean there? And I just think that... The team is too young as a whole Dude. right now to be to jump over the Celtics to jump over the Bulls to then you know what I'm just, if the Celtics are hurt and like let's say they don't have JB yes but like Lamelo got hurt Charlotte, last year too well, well, Gordon Hill got hurt when I, when I, when exactly I'm ta- when
0: I'm thinking about ceiling I'm thinking about just. Thinking about different scenarios. All right, so ceiling, if, if with no. Philly ceiling? without Embiid, like, well, ceiling, are they that far off from still Charlotte? Six
2: teams better than Charlotte. Yeah. Six, seven teams better at than least. Charlotte. At the, even at their Charlotte's best, there's still about six, seven teams better than Charlotte. You know, so at least
0: I think they're. they're so do you think Indiana's better than Charlotte? No, right.
2: I don't, now, I don't so, think going, going into either. upcoming, but season. I think I think. Miami, hard. Brooklyn. Really hard. You got the Bucs, you got the Knicks, you got the Hawks. I think Chicago's better. I think Boston's I agree. better. I agree. think those are the seven teams better. I agree.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I, I think, think they're a year they're, or two away. I think their absolute ceiling though is they can get there. If they if that okay. LaMelo thing does happen and you're getting some production.
1: It is LaMelo. LaMelo is capable of taking bench, a ridiculous leap. Yeah. I'm not ready yet.
0: The Chicago Bulls. This 11th seed last year, 31 and 41. They arguably made the most additions of any team, the most meaningful additions of any team last of this past offseason. Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Tony Bradley, Derek Jones Jr. drafted I.O. from Illinois. 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 Subtractions though, they did lose Thomas Sadaransky. and they lost Garrett Temple. Thais. Denzel. Thaddeus, I need you Thaddeus, to say that Thaddeus Young I think was a oh, pretty. Oh yeah, I need you to say loss. we lost Denzel. I need, I, I need you to Aminu, make that a clear. Lori Markkinen. Who Valentine and Denzel yeah. Valentine, who's the superstar player, is now with the Cavaliers. Yes, he's gone. Thank God, we booed him. The Chicago Rightfully Bulls. So the Chicago Bulls right now are receiving a lot of hype, and when you watch them play in the preseason, they look like a very fluid team. There is a lot of excitement to be had in Chicago, and I think it's a, it's warranted because this team looks very fun. It looks like it's going to be a fun team to watch. Where do you see them amongst the top teams in Eastern Conference?
2: Well, you, you can definitely see it. Even it, it was just a preseason game. I don't put too much into the preseason, but you even saw it in the preseason game. It's a lot of flair, and it's a lot of energy. It's just, a, just a new energy around the building, around the United Arena. Just a new vibe. We seem excited. You know, us fans, we're excited. This team is good. You know, I think this team, Lonzo, DeRozan, when we get Pat Will back, it's going to be a good team. I like this team, Zach Maybe Levine. Claw. Yeah, this is, like I said with Bradley Beal, this is going to show us how good Zach Levine truly is being the number one, he has a team built around him. Let's see how he does, you know, taking us to the playoffs. We built, you know, I think our bench is still a little bit, we still, I think we need a few more, not a few, maybe one more piece. We don't have a backup big right now at the bench spot. That's probably going to trouble us. I mean, we got Tony Bradley, Alex Johnson, but I don't know if they're reliable guys on the 82-game season. You know, Alex Caruso, Kobe White, they've assured that backup guard spot, you know, point guard, two guard. They feel that. Troy Brown Jr.? Troy Brown Jr., yeah, but he's inconsistent. We don't know what he's going to, you know, come in and do every night. Same with DJJ. He brings that defensive end, but he's very limited on the offensive end. But our starting five, I think, is one of the best starting fives in the East. You know, I think we can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the East just from a starting five perspective because we have mid-range guys who can hit the mid-range. We got guys who can shoot the three ball. We have defenders. We have a bunch. We have five playmakers One through five, we have guys who can play make. Even bench guys in Caruso, we got to play And we're going to run and gun. You know, we're going to have that run and gun style that we like to run, you know, speed, quickness, rebound, go, push it. And we got guys who make highlights, you know. So I think our ceiling is a fifth seed, fifth, sixth seed. I think that'll be our ceiling. You know what I'm saying? We still have to figure out the chemistry on the court when the season actually starts. When teams start playing hard, we have to figure that out. Billy Donovan is still a question. You know, he's a good coach, but people still have their questions about him. So we have to see how he's going to figure it out. But all in all, I think our ceiling is a five and six seed and our floor is a plane. I don't see us anything less than a plane. I think we'll get into that for sure.
1: I think if you guys are playing, the season's a disappointment, truthfully. I mean, you bring yeah. in all these guys. You want to be a, a solid contending playoff team, five, four through six. You don't want to worry about the plan with the, the, the moves you made. And I said it earlier, if I think Miami is my number one most improved team, I think I have the bulls right, right behind them. Uh, you go and you get DeMar DeRozan to add to a a already solid scoring group, making him probably the second option on this team. A guy that can facilitate the offense. Joel is prominent on DeMar DeRozan Mm. being the guy. Hey, I mean, it's not too far fetched, uh, given from what we've seen in preseason already, you go and get the actual primary facilitator in Lonzo ball. In my opinion, uh, and I, I like this move for a multiple a, a bunch of reasons. Obviously, you guys needed a point guard really bad last season. You go and you get that in Lonzo Ball. Not only is he uh, a, a really solid facilitator, obviously his strength is defense. Solid on-ball, solid off-ball defender. Lonzo's one of the better uh, defenders at the point guard position. You go and you bring in Caruso. A solid defender, great 3-and-D player. He He's looked really solid already here. Uh, I, you tweeted earlier that you didn't know that he was <laughs> like this. I told you all you had to do was watch last season. Caruso was holding him back. Caruso is solid. Hey, to a degree, maybe he'll have a little bit more opportunity. Um, you have, obviously, Vucevic. This, you mentioned it. This starting five is pretty talented. You have talent one through five. You have Lonzo. You got DeMar, Levine. Is Baby claw going to start for you guys when he's healthy? No. Oh and then you got Vucevic. It's a solid rotation. My only concern is how the the fluidity of the offense is going to go. Whether these guys are going to be able to to allow these w- one guy to have their night, or if it's just going to be consistent, constant ball movement, which I would think would be the best situation. Truthfully, you want to have Demar consistently get into his rhythm. You obviously want to cater to Levine because Levine is the guy. Vucevic, we can't forget about him because obviously he is a, a, a prime time big in the league, can shoot the basketball, is solid at scoring. We just don't, you don't want to lose him, given that you have DeRozan, you have Levine, you have Lonzo, who is going to be getting attempts as well. I just think that in order for them to reach their full ceiling, it needs to be a constant swing of things with, obviously, Levine being the primary ball scorer. I think that their ceiling for me is around the 5-6 range. I feel like that would be a huge success for them, especially given the fact that they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Excuse me. And I think their floor is it's probably a play-in team, but I don't think that if you make the play-in 20, it's not a success. You brought in DeMar. You brought in Lonzo. You brought in Vucevic. You traded away all these draft picks because you want to see results fast. You understand Levine's window with you guys is closing fast. You don't want him to think, all right, you know what? These guys just did everything they could to put a team around me and it didn't work. I'm taking my talents elsewhere. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. The Bulls are showing him right now that they believe in Zach Levine as their main guy, their franchise piece, that they're trying to build around. And I think they did a solid job, and I do believe they'll be successful.
0: If you listen to this podcast, you know that I've kind of been – one jabs at the Bulls throughout this entire offseason period. Lonzo won't be the point guard. Uh, They're probably not that good. They're going all in. (laughs) But I feel no shame in saying that I was wrong about the Bulls. Uh, Not about the Lonzo thing. I don't think he'll be the primary facilitator there. But in terms of their offseason and also having young pieces for the future, I think AK did an amazing job at doing that. The Chicago Bulls have the best collection of passers in their starting lineup of any team in the entire NBA. Yes, there are some teams like the Lakers. They have LeBron. He's a better passer than everybody on the Bulls. But collectively, the Bulls have Lonzo, great passer, elite passer, I would say. Levine, DeRozan, good to great passers. And then Nikola Vucevic, who's if not the second best passing big man in the NBA, he's the third. Lakers, you got LeBron, but then who else? Uh, Atlanta, you have Trey Young. Then who else? Lamelo, Hornets. Yeah, you're right, Russ. Hornets. It's uh Lamelo. Then who else? The Bulls have all these guys that can pass at such a high level. I'm interested to see and in, in who they start in place of Patrick Williams while he's hurt. Javante Green started in the preseason. I think that was a good dynamic. You know, it having him. Yeah, having him run the one at times, being a gritty defender. I think he'd be great in the starting lineup just to start off and not play too many minutes, but just start off the game until Caruso comes off the bench. The defensive concerns about the team are overblown. The the Bulls, to me, I don't look at their team and roster and say defense scares me. Last year with Levine and Vucevic, they had a top-12 defense in the NBA. Right now, they have better personnel. Billy Donovan instills defense in his teams this is not going to be a bad defensive team, and with their offense being so fluid, they can fit, They can play different pockets of the game, from the post, pick and roll, isolation. They can fit into every single type of offensive system, and they can match up with every single team in the NBA, because there's going to be nights where you're facing a Charlotte or Boston, okay, Vucevic, go off for 30. There's going to be nights where, hey... You know, we're facing a Knicks, a gritty team. We got to pass the ball. We got to run and gun a little bit more, or we just got to have Levine and DeRozan break your guys down because the Knicks team defense, they have that, but individual defenders, not so much. So they can fit into different styles. I think this offense is going to be a top five offense in the NBA. They'll have a top 15 defense in the NBA. Their ceiling is a third seed. They're, no doubt about it. Their ceiling is a third seed. I think they can be the third best team. In the Eastern Conference, if everybody plays with their maximum potential and if defense isn't that big of a concern, I don't see this team not missing the not uh, missing the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to make it, and their floor to me is the sixth seed. If everything goes wrong, if there are chemistry issues, maybe a guy goes down. Sixth seed, no doubt about it. But I don't see them being any lower than that.
2: And you you, you know you mentioned it. Ak was able to keep. Solid collection of young guys, while also bringing in veteranship and leadership. And I think that was huge. You know, Patrick Williams, Kobe White. I think those two guys are going to be key in our development. But I also think bringing in DeRozan and Vucevic, veteran guys who've been to the playoffs, who know what it's like. DeMar DeRozan has been to the ECF, so he understands. Bringing in guys like that, I think it's big. And, you know, we still managed to keep young talent, which is great. AK has done an incredible job in the front office. And I think that was huge for us in itself.
0: I mean, we've also mentioned that we, we believe that the best way to develop a young player is to have them be in a winning culture, winning atmosphere, Patrick Williams, maybe this year, next season, he won't be the player we think he can become, but year four, can he be Jalen Brownish 20 a game? And now you have a, a future of Levine Williams and Lonzo that can definitely happen. So I think that, right now is about winning, winning first, and development later. Yeah. And I think a lot of teams in the NBA, we see, wow, they have a great young team every single year, but they never do anything. Sacramento, Minnesota, it's better to win now and let the developing Happen come, the come next because sometimes you get stuck in that phase where you're young, but you're too young, and you don't you don't have any experience winning games, so you lose them. The Toronto Raptors are a team that, is always fun to talk about because we always get a bunch of engagement and interactions from Raptors fans. You guys are amazing, we love you all. And Toronto, their passionate fan base, die hard it's a country, it's a city.
2: No, I mean, like the fan base is like a country, it's a whole country. Thank yeah. you.
0: I know what I you think. Mean. I, I mean, about. it's the only team That's in the country, like- but I don't think that I'm not sure about this, I could be wrong, but I don't think that many cities outside of the main ones in Canada really
2: well, support Well, that's what I'll be reading the, the comments. they like, bro, do Toronto clips. The country is behind them. Like, do, <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah. I'm like, all yeah. right, well, I guess the whole country watches Toronto.
0: Toronto is mean, a gigantic fan base. Uh-huh. And 2019, they won a championship with Kawhi Leonard. Very next year after that, second they were the second, third seed in the second, Eastern Conference.
2: Yep. Lost in the second round.
0: Yep, they lost in the second round, but went to seven with Boston. And now this past season – we thought there were going to be a playoff lock, but COVID, not playing at home, really messed him up. We know this team is going to play hard every single night. But with the loss of Kawhi, with losing Ibaka over the years, losing Lowry now, what is this team now with Fred, Guran Drajic, OG Ananobi, Ken Burch, Siakam? They drafted Scotty Barnes, who we are high on on this show, and Chris Boucher and Precious off the bench. What are the Raptors going to be this season? Are they going to be a playoff team? Are they going to dwell just below 500? I mean, where where is this team going to be?
2: Well, you know, was Pascal missing a couple games? Maybe maybe a month or two. He's out with a torn labrum. It was five months in June, so you know he'll probably be back November December. You know, I think he's going to miss a month of the season. Yeah, so give or take, we're probably going to see a lot of Scotty Barnes in that starting lineup. You know, I think that's good. For the development process, I think, you know, getting him was great for them, you know, getting a guy who is a jack of all trades, who can play one through five, who can defend at a high level, and who still has ways to go. But he's, he's a young player who can improve. I think this team can be a playing team, you know, given how they look when Pascal comes back. But this team has Fred VanVie. This team has a good team. Fred Viet, OG and newbie. Gary Trent Jr. then you got the only thing that lacks for me is their their size and their strength sure. at the center position. But I think they have 7 8 guys. You know, you still have Drogic, you still have Scotty you have Gary Trent Jr., Malachi Flynn, he's a solid backup point guard. So you still have players that can really make an impact. Ken Birch. he kind of got a contract because he was playing really good last year for them.
0: He's a good center. Yeah, so this is a
2: team that has a lot of good players and I think even if they don't make the play and that's another lottery pick you bring into an already established culture to guys who are already locked up for a long term and a team who has a lot of pieces, they just need one of their stars to pop or one of their, you know, rookies to pop and I think that's huge for them but ceiling for me would be a, Playing team, Florida Lottery. I think this team is still really good. Going back home is definitely going to help them be a little bit better. You know, playing in Florida was tough for them. They didn't have any home games, so that was a rough set. And then traveling also. I think playing in Toronto, that fan base is back, is going to be live for them. And of course, they have players that have played with each other for a long time. And I think, you know, they're just expecting guys like OG and Newby to take that MIP leap. They're expecting for guys like Scotty to show them something in their rookie year, Malachi Flynn to just improve. On that next year, Precious Achui, I didn't even mention him. A guy who coming from Miami who has that Miami culture still in his brain, that defensive mindset. He come in and he make that improvement. But all in all, this is a good team. I like this team.
1: Ceiling, playing, floor, lottery. Now, as much as I like the Scotty Barnes pick, after losing Kyle Lowry, I would have expected them to go Jalen Suggs. You lose your franchise point guard. It would fill the hole immediately. You don't even have to think about it. You, you draft Jalen Suggs. You bring in that guy. You bring in Scotty obviously now they're catering to the defense they are they are now a defensive that's their identity they're a defensive team they have one of the better defenses in the league which is why I do think that their ceiling is is around a 7th 8th seed because defense does win games we saw from the Knicks last year it's possible that with this roster given that the, the skill set of 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 these players and their offensive abilities they could be around a 7th 8th seed I think you bring in Scotty obviously you're going to lose that offense this season excuse me, got my chest is bubbling up, but you bring in Scotty, obviously you're going to lose that offense, but defensively his ability to, to exchange one through five, I'm not too sure about the five, but I guess given the fact that, that Pascal is more suited at the four and, and Scotty's ability, I guess you could play Scotty at that as that small ball five, but personally, I think you, He'll be better suited as that point forward. And I think that eventually he'll get to the point where he's facilitating the offense, especially the fact that they don't have a true point guard right now. I think Federico's going to take a a decent leap this year, points-wise at least, because he's going to have more responsibility on his back. Pascal Siakam has been pretty solid and pretty consistent uh, uh, for them over these past few years, but if I'm being honest, his offensive game kind of worries me to a degree. It's a little bit predictable. It got to a point where Jalen Brown... Was taking Pascal one on one and was not worried at all. Kind of put him on an island and and took Siakam out the game. It was his moves were getting basically you getting you in the post. He'd spin off and that was really it. Jalen Brown was on it, so that's why I do expect guys like Frederico to take a leap. I I expect OG Ananobi to take more responsibility now that Lowry's gone. These guys are going to be asked to do a whole lot more than they're originally than they were originally asked to do. And I think that Gary Trent, OG Frederico, these guys are all able to do so, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it at a super high level where they could be that 2C that they once were. I don't think anyone's expecting them to be that. But I think ceiling-wise, they could be a, a play-in team for sure. See, uh, floor, though, that's where I kind of have my difficulty because offensively, there are question marks. And there are teams that are just more are more talented than they are offensively. So, I would say my floor for them is around the 12-13 like he mentioned, a lottery, but I don't think it's going to be too far off. They didn't have any home games and they were a 12 seed last year. I do expect that to play a role in this season. They're going to win more games. They have one of the stronger home, home court advantages. They have one of the better coaches in the East as well, and Nick Nurse. He is a solid coach and he's going to be crucial in Scotty Barnes' development. And I think that that will 100% benefit Scotty Barnes in terms of his ability to transform into that point forward. So I think ultimately, I do believe that they they will be in the plan, but it's pos it's a possibility that they drop out in our lottery. Pascal
0: Siakam has one of the more ugly uglier games in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's a he's, fact. He's clumsy. Uh, he's very loose. Goofy. But it's effective, and he's a phenomenal player. And he he's an all star caliber player. Losing Siakam for the month ch- changes things for me. Losing him for the month, that's a big time loss. I do think it gives the Raptors a chance to scout Barnes and. Figure out, hey, we might have something here sooner rather than later. Now Siakam becomes more expendable. And let's fit around Scotty because I think Siakam and Scotty, their games are just not going to mesh well. They both need to be at that four spot. I think either one at the small ball five, Barnes can do it. I just think he's too young right now. And even though he has an NBA body, still has to get a little bit stronger to really guard fives in the NBA. For sure. If I'm a Raptors fan. These are the three key storylines I'm looking forward to this season. And three keys to the, to the season being successful. OG and Anobi becoming a better ball handler and a score, right? Off the dribble needs to be able to create a little bit more. But I think the real big leap for OGs in his playmaking, he's not a good playmaker. And if he can develop that part, if he and if he improves that in the offseason and it shows up in games, I think that's Huge for the Raptors. I think now we start talking about OG in a different light. Second, watching how Scottie Barnes develops. If I'm a Raptors fan, I just want to see why Scotty Barnes was worth the fourth overall pick. And I'm going to see it sooner rather than later because Siakam is out for a month. Three, if they aren't confident in their playoff chances a little bit before the deadline, do they move off of Fred and Siakam? Hmm. Cause I think at this point, if you're if you don't if you're not a top six seed in the East or top seven, at least if you're not in the play-in by a little bit before the trade deadline. Why are you still trying to compete? Just tank and trade Siakam and try to get one of these top players in a the draft. There's going to be a lot, you know. Hardy coming out, Amani, I think is eligible eligible for the draft. Shit, Chet. I'm not too high on Chet, but Paolo, if the Raptors can land a guy like Paolo or Amani. Their franchise changes overnight, instantly. Even Hardy, I think Hardy's yep. a phenomenal player. So that those are the three storylines that um for the Raptors this season that I have. <clears throat> they have depth, but no real star power. Yep. Most teams in the Eastern Conference right now have both. Yep. So where where are the Raptors going to fall? Ceiling wise, I see them being a sixty six seed. But honestly, you telling me Siak was out for the month? I'm dropping them to a plan, and I think their floor is a plan, and if it's not the plan, it's just outside like the 11th seed, but they'll still be a competitive team, hard-nosed, defensive-minded, but there's just too many question marks with the Raptors, and the East has gotten tremendously better to the point that we're comparing the East to the Western Conference. That hasn't happened in In a a very long time. The 13th best team in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Twenty-two and fifty last year. They added Evan Mobley, Ricky Rubio, Lori Markinon. They lost Torian Prince and Larry Nance, who was one of their better defenders last season. One of the more weird lineups in the NBA. It seems like they're just collecting a bunch of talent and seeing who pops and who doesn't. Where are they going to be in the Eastern Conference next year? Is there a chance they surprise us? What's happening with the Cavs?
2: I'm actually surprisingly high on Cleveland. You know, I, I like Cleveland's team. You know. I feel like, you know, I'm expecting and I'm hoping, not even hoping, I can feel it. I think Darius Garland and Okura, I think we're in for year two year two and year three jumps. You know, I think Darius Garland is a really, really solid player that can shoot the three ball, stretch the floor. He can create for himself. I think that next game is creating for others. I think Colin Sexton is going to bring you what he's going to bring you, that scoring ability, that one-two punch. But I think Okura, you know, being as if he, last year he played a lot of the cutting role and playing the backdoor cuts and just being that defensive player for them. I think he's going to unlock a little bit more in his game this year. Jared Allen's going to be Jared. But I think bringing in Evan Mobley was key for them because now it kind of locks up your paint. Like, you got a guy who can stretch the floor defensively. He's a monster. A guy who has soft touch around the rim. I think that's good for them. You know, their bench, it's a little, you know, it's a little, it's a little squeaky. You know, you got City, Osman, Laurie Marketing, Kevin Love, off the bench, you know, it's it's going to be a struggle. They don't have many much wing depth. I mean, Torian Prince, Kyle Guy, Denzel Valentine, I hope that for their sake they shouldn't play him. I'm <laughs> telling them they shouldn't play him. But for the most part, they don't have much depth on the wing and at the guard spot, but their bigs are pretty comparable. So I, I think, you know, they can maybe if, if they sneak into the play, I wouldn't be surprised. Really? You know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think this team is going to be exciting to watch. I think this team has a lot of guys who can make a really big jump. It can definitely improve on their games this year. But I like this team, and I'm definitely going to tune in a lot because I think they have a lot of promise and a lot of potential. But obviously, I, I think they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the, in the East, probably a 14th, 13th, 15th seed around that area. But I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak into the play-in.
1: I do have my ceiling for them as around that 10, 11 seed. So obviously, the 10 does make the play-in. They have to play two games minimum, but... I think ultimately what concerns me is not only their youth, but obviously the collection of talent that they have as compared to the rest of the East. Now, I am high on Sexton. Everyone knows that I'm a fan of Sexton. I think that his offensive game is definitely overlooked to a, to a degree. I do believe that he needs to become more of a, of a facilitator if they if he wants people to start putting respect on his name because he just seems selfish to everyone else that's on the outside looking in. I think Garland. He's a he's if not this season, I think next season we'll start to see him truly become a, a top tier. or I wouldn't say top tier because that's strong. He, he'll become a solid point guard in the NBA. I think he's already that. I just think that his improvement is is bound to come. I think that Okura, I'm not as high on as you. I wouldn't say that. I'm expecting a, a huge improvement this season or next season. I don't think he's that great of a ball player. I think defensively, sure, he is a solid defender. But I don't know what he brings to a team offensively a good addition that they had was ricky rubio for me i figure ricky rubio is obviously a veteran obviously a guy who is solid at basketball but what he's going to do is just help the development of these young guys colin Sexton, who's not much of a facilitator can learn a thing or two from ricky rubio about how to pass the ball and really get his guys involved kevin love had this huge issue with colin Sexton because he refused to pass him the ball ricky rubio is going to say listen as good as you are offensively this extra element to your game will just open up so much more for you. They obviously draft Evan, Evan Mobley. And this is the part that is not allowing me to have a, a firm whole grasp of what they're going to be. Because I don't know what Evan Mobley is going to be, truthfully. I know he has the potential. I know he has the 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 height, the, the physicality. But what is he going to do offensively for them? How is he going to help their offense become uh, one that can potentially lead them to a play-in? They, people have him uh, compared to Anthony Davis, that type of player, where he's firm on defense, you know, really solid defensively, but has an offensive game that he can step back, shoot the jumper, and and affect the the offense in that way. But I'm not I'm not sure what we're gonna get yet. Bigs are really a question mark coming out of the draft. Over the last few years, we've seen a, a few, but Aiton took some time. You know what I'm saying? And if if that's the player comp that that he has right now, I don't. I'm not ready to say he's Anthony Davis. If you say he's DeAndre Ayton, I'm cool with that because DeAndre. Oh, that's
0: said that play style is different, though. I think they AD is more play stylish. You know what I'm saying? Like in what terms? The oh, they versatility just play or similar.
1: Defense. Fair enough. You're saying that Mobley can go and step out and, and play defense. Well,
0: DeAndre Ayton is more of a role man, and he fits your offense like that. I think Mobley's but different. I you feel can like he
2: could shoot the ball all right. No, not really.
0: Mobley is a player that you give the ball to facilitate an offense from the high post from the elbow. Okay. And he I has a great, shot, a great jump shot, a great mid-range shot. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, going to yeah, okay. take him yeah. a few
1: years. I'm not ready to say it. Like, Anthony Davis came in. I guess rookie season wasn't Anthony Davis. 12-8, 12-6. Exactly. It was year two. Year two, he really became the AD that we were ready for year one. So I am i don't think that Evan Mobley is going to impact the, the, the Cavaliers where he's the reason they're in the play. And I just think that these guys have been playing together for a few years now. And I think that with – the chemistry that they have, and I think that with the player development this season, I think it's possible that they could be a playin'. But ultimately, I think that they just don't have the talent matched up to the rest of the guys in the East. And I think that they're going to be around the bottom three of the East, unfortunately.
0: You're high on the Rubio move because it makes Sexton
1: a better facilitator? Both Garland and Sexton, but mostly Sexton, who has the problem with facilitating. Garland already is pretty decent at facilitating an offense.
0: To me, when I look at Cleveland and Colin Sexton, I don't think I don't think anything of it. I think Sexton is gone. Mm. Well, if it's not by the deadline, it's by this offseason. He's not gonna be in Cleveland for very long. He's not going to be on the roster starting next year. I think the Rubio move was great for Garland. Not much for Sexton because Sexton's not a point guard. He's a shooting guard. But he's a very undersized one at for sure, that. Sure, for sure. But he's not a point guard, and I don't think he's ever going to become that. He's a score. He can facilitate at times, but that's not his game. I think Garland is the one where we see what he can really be as a scoring guard in this league. Chauncey Billups raved about his ability. I think Garland, when you look at him, can be a type of Dame player, can be Dame. I think that's the ceiling for Garland, to be Dame.
1: You think then Garland can be a top 10 player in the league?
0: He can be a top five point guard.
1: You said Dame. Dame is top 10. Yeah. So that's yeah. why. But I don't
0: I don't, I don't. think play style, they're very similar. Oh, okay. I think play style in terms of how Darius Garland is. He could be a poor pr- man. Yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't even say poor man because we haven't seen Garland grow into his body yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen this. He's a very great shooter already. He's averaging 16 in the second season. You know, in his third year at what? 22 years old. If he's averaging 20 plus a game that that's very dame like i mean dame at what age did he come to the nba at like 22 so by what his Dame's 30 year in the year he really started to blossom into yep. dame you know this is the step garland is trying to take right now where he can be in that in that realm dame is viewed as a top 10 player now like what at 30 years old garland i mean he's what 21 22 so i think 21. that yeah we're we're a, we're far away from that right now this year is about Garland making that development or Kuro his <laughs> offensive limitation still does scare me. He needs to become a better shooter for sure, and I think he's not a 3. And Sexton being there pushes him to the 3. But once Sexton leaves if he, if it's this season or next season, I think Kuro at the 2 is much better suited. Also, it's about are they going to finally insert Dylan Windler into the lineup? This was their first round pick last year. I mean, two two seasons ago, is he going to be more involved? The Cleveland Cavaliers ultimately have a collection of talent that don't really fit together. I wasn't high on the Laurie marketing move. They still have Kevin Love, and I feel like he's more of a dark cloud around that organization. But Evan Mobley, I think, is a star. It, it, this His rookie season, I think he's going to average 14-7, mm-hmm. and, and I see his floor being an all-star player in, like, year three. Mm-hmm. Mobley is a phenomenal player I don't see any risk with him I think he's going to be an immediate impact player Okay, to me he's already better than Jared Allen in my opinion I just think in what he can offer on both ends he fits the modern NBA better Cleveland is a playing team though 10th 10th seed playing team ceiling yes yeah, 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 yeah. their floor is what they finished with at the 13th seed that's yeah. their floor I don't see them finishing lower than that but Cleveland could shock a lot of people if these these pieces that don't fit Shock all of us and now fit, you know, so they can they can be one of the more surprised spotted teams in the NBA if that does happen. On to the 14th team in the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic, 21 and 51. Additions, Jalen Suggs, France Wagner, Robin Lopez. They lost Alder Porter Jr. to go help Steph Curry so he can finally make the playoffs without Clay and K D. And this is a season of growth for the Orlando Magic. Isaac's return what is he going to do figuring out the center position between Wendell and Mo Bamba who's going to be that long-term starter for us if wow. any of them are going to be that because we're not sure if they can be that yet but this is just a season of growth I don't think Magic fans should be expecting anything too crazy let's just see how good Suggs is let's see who our center of the future is let's give Isaac time to return back from his ACL injury and Maybe Chumo Okiki surprises us all, but I, I don't. And also, off of Markel Fultz's injury. So you have two of your best players coming off of injury, a rookie, and a center Centers that you don't know what they're going to be yet. This, to me, is a team that it smells like the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, There's too many question marks around them.
2: Oh, yeah. For uh, me and Wendell, I actually have the same birthday. It's crazy. I, I thought you, that, that wasn't your boy. It's not, but we have the same birthday. Ah. so I actually just got me mad. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Um, it's crazy yeah no you're you're 100% right this is a development year for the young guys I don't see guys like Twan Moore MCW you know Gary Harris I I feel like Terrence Ross will be gone by the deadline you know I don't think guys like that not, not because they're not good players it's just this is development year they have a lot of young talent you know Cole Anthony is there I think Gary Harris should probably get some run because he's still relatively young, but he'll probably be gone if they can by the deadline. RJ Hampton is going to be getting some run. Mo is getting run. Wagner, Isaac will be back soon. Fultz will be back. He is hurt for the first couple months of the season, but he will be back. Cole Anthony, like I said, O'Kiki, Franz Wagner. Like this is a this is a development year. This is just a year to see what our young talent is, what can we improve on, who stays and who goes. You know, they drafted. Guards last year, and they drafted guards this year. So this is really kind of a competition to see what guards are kind of going to stick. This is obviously, smells like, like you said, one of the worst teams in the East. This this sounds like a team that's probably not going to be competitive like the other teams we named and the team we're going to name after this. But this is just a development year, you know, just to see how Jonathan Isaac looks after the two injuries he sustained in back-to-back years. If he is worth even keeping because of his injury concern, same with faults to see what Cole Anthony's going to look like. R.J. Hampton, I heard he's now about six seven, six eight. So that's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. You know, Chumi, Chuma Okiki, you know, he blossomed last year to see what he's going to do. Just nothing but a development year for Orlando. Orlando should be optimistic, you know. They got Jalen Suggs. Sure. They got a lot of young talent. Just be optimistic about this year just to see what we're going to see from our young talent. Don't be too up and down. Don't be upset. You know, these are young guys they are going to make mistakes. But nonetheless, just see how they play and see the potential.
1: You guys said it all. I mean, I'm not high on the Magic. Obviously, I picked them to be my worst team in the NBA. So I'm going to stay consistent. I think they are probably going to be the worst team in the East. Do we know when Isaac is going to come back?
2: He is actually cleared for the first day, but they won't. They're not rushing him. Okay. I so mean, he'll it probably makes, be back in like late November. It makes
1: sense not to rush him, yeah. but I feel like if I said if it was up to him, he would play on opening mm-hmm. night, which is real of him. And if Isaac is like that, right? Let's say he's everything that these Orlando fans say that he is in the comments, which he is a very good ball player when he's healthy, obviously. I guess they're stealing for me, obviously. if he, I don't know how much of an impact he'd really have in terms of winning games for them. I guess I would still say around 12, 13. It's just as good as he could possibly be. I just look at the rest of this roster, and it's just not it as a whole. Mo Bamba up until this point, sure, he's 23 years old, but he's been relatively a disappointment uh, the Franz Wagner selection, obviously, we, we spoke about Jalen Suggs. That, that's a home run pick. That's definitely the piece for the future. It's po- like He's a potential all-star type caliber player. I do have that high of a, a belief in Jalen Suggs. He's going to be a firm player. He just gives you everything that you would want in a point guard. I just think that you look at Franz Wagner, sure, you take a guy, jack of all trades, a Swiss Army knife type player. But at that position, at the eighth pick overall, you know your need as of right now is a, is a consistent firm big or or just trying to look for the future if anything you take that 8th pick you trade it it's not like franz wagner the the, the backcourt already is so stacked i i know franz wagner is is more of a 3 I, i'm not i just am not all in on on going franz wagner there i just would have personally just taken it traded it moved back if anything maybe take a guy like kai jones Figure out what's going on with with your center position and address it because that's the one that clearly needs addressing. They have way too many people in their backcourt. I, I just don't think that Magic fans are expecting anything out of out of the Magic this year, and justifiably.
0: Franz Wagner looks like a much worse pick because James Buck and I just kill him.
1: He's different. I told. I've
0: been telling Again, people. We said
1: he could be. And, and a, the reason offensive player.
0: The, the reason why. Matt, the match didn't take James Bucknight was because they just had too many guards. I mean, R.J. Hampton, Cole Anthony. Then you took Suggs Fult, though. Suggs, I say, you to already, the point
1: you thought that they weren't even going to take Suggs because they had so many guards. I
0: felt like too. If, if if a perfect draft for me, Orlando wise, would have been Kaminga, and and Bucknight or Barnes and Bucknight. That would have been for me, but obviously Jalen Suggs. He I don't know. If you, I don't know if you have to take him, but it definitely makes it an easier pick. You feel much more better because I think Jalen Suggs is a much more Finished product, you yeah. know, you know what you what you're gonna get. Kaminga question mark. Scotty potential is there, but there's a question mark with him as well. Man, <laughs> Orlando Magic.
1: I feel bad for them. I just feel Got like you guys
0: things. have mentioned everything. You know, this yeah. is just a year for development. It's just a rebuilding year, and this is the fir- this their first year of their rebuild, which is always tough for teams. Yep. They just traded Nikola Vucevic their franchise center. They Thank just you. traded Aaron Gordon to Denver. They're All these guys are leaving. Terrence Ross is leaving. They left four-year walk. Yeah, all these guys, they're finding new places. This is a completely retooled, rebuild. If if I'm Orlando, I want to be the worst team in the NBA. Oh, for sure. But just be competitive and knowing my young guys are playing well. I want to get Chet. I want to get Amani. I want to get Hardy. I want to get even Griffin. You know, I want to get these players. It's just too many question marks, injuries center position still, the guards, Markel Fultz, is he going to pan out? R.J. Hampton, I told y'all last year that I think he was the, he's the best guard among that three that they had in Cole and Markel, and I stand by that because now it's six seven six eight, he can be a 2 and even 3 mm. if he transforms his body enough and six fits into seven. that play style. Yeah, I heard he's grown what? to six, seven. But R.J. Hampton, he can be a, a really – he can be a star player. Don't look it up because I don't think they –
2: Updated
1: it. I know I was gonna say it says yeah. Hampton can be
0: a star player. And I told y'all that he can be that, that I think he was the best amongst those three guards. So we'll see how they develop. New coach, Jamal Mosley. Yep. Excited so, to see him. New culture. Let's see what the Magic do this upcoming season. Last team, the Detroit Pistons, 20 and 52. They added the generational prospect, Cade Cunningham to the documentary.
2: I yeah, seen it. No, I haven't. Cade? Yeah. What's the name? Oh, it's on overtime. Just look up, Just type in Cade Cunningham kind of and you'll find All it. All
0: right, bet. Isaiah Livers, Luca Garza, Kelly Olenek, who turned into Kelly Nowitzki with the Rockets, <laughs> Rockets in his tenure there, yeah. Tweet. and Trey Lyles. They lost Mason Plumley, not a big loss, and Wayne Ellington, Killian, Cade, Sadiq, Jeremy, Stewart. Isaiah, Grant. I did say him. Oh, okay. Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh, right, right, Yeah. like to call him his first name, Jeremy. Nice first name, right? All
2: right. Syracuse alum. Love
0: him. Isaiah Stewart to me is a younger version of what Kenneth Fareed used to be, or he is he is what Kenneth Fare used to be. The difference is that I think he's actually a good defender. Kenneth Fareed got by on hustle, but I think Stewart has real grown man strength. And he's going to be a, a great defensive player. Jeremy Grant had an all-star type year with his numbers with the Pistons. Sadiq Bey, I think, is a great, phenomenal 3-and-D player. The Pistons stole him on draft day. Cade Cunningham, we know what he is. What is Killian going to be? Is he going to fit next to Cade? I think that's the biggest question mark. Pistons fans, I think, know what they're getting in this team outside of Killian. And I think the hope is for Killian to turn into that franchise point guard. So now you have a one-two punch in Killian and Cade. Cade, City, Jeremy are sure things. With those three, I think the Pistons could be a surprise team. And if the pieces around them play well, they could be a playing team. I think Cade Cunningham, 20 points per game, his rookie season. That's what I see him doing. And I'm just excited to see where Cade fits in the NBA. Is he going to be more of a Luka, ball-dominant, run-the-offense player? Or is he going to be more of a Jason Tatum in the NBA where he can play make occasionally, but he's more so the score. I see shades of Tatum and Luka and Cade. I'm I'm curious to see where he fits. I'm curious to see how Killian fits. But to end my monologue off, I think Kelly Olynyk was a huge signing. I really do. I think that he's going to bring a lot to the Pistons offensively. And if he can remain consistent and do what he was doing in Houston, this was a steal of a move for a team that didn't have much cap space going into the offseason.
1: And what was your floor for them? I'm sorry.
0: 13. Okay. I, I think their floor is 13. Okay. This,
2: you would never have thought Detroit would have jump-started their rebuild this fast. You know, I think Cade has jumped them up a couple years. I think this team can definitely, the ceiling for me is a play, and I think this team can definitely be a plane. they have the requisite pieces. Kelly Olenek is really good. Jeremy Grant is really, really good on both ends. You know, he's one of those guys that can give you 20 and lock up on the other end. Cade is going to... Cade is one of the few guys in NBA history I think we can look at and say he's not going to have a bad rookie season. Like He's just too good to say he's not going to have a bad his rookie season. His body
1: is crazy, too. 6'7", 220, Yeah, he, like what? He, he
2: can do it all. You know, He can post up. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range. He can create for others. He can play off ball. There's, there's not much holes in his game. He's a great team defender. Kinley Hayes, you're right. That is one of the questions of Detroit. What is gonna be what is gonna be Killing Hayes? Obviously, we know defensively, we've seen it. He can play defense. But on offense, what is he gonna be? Is he gonna be a spot up shooter? Can he play next to Kid? Is he gonna be more on ball? Can he handle the responsibilities? Can he stop the turnovers? You know, it's gonna to be tough. You know, he's shown flashes, but we'll see. Saban Lee is a great backup point guard. I think he fits them defensively, offensively. He's kind of erratic at times, but you I think, think he's, he
0: takes that spot over Corey, Joseph?
2: Yeah, I think he'll eventually take over that spot. You know, he's a young guy. He has that energy. He plays defense. He's just a little erratic at times, so it's hard to put him in, but I think he'll eventually take that spot over Joseph. You know, I like Josh Jackson. I like Hamadou Diallo for this team. I for think sure. those guys can really fit on this team. This team is good. Isaiah Stewart, you named it. You know, he's a better defensive Kenneth Fareed, I think, and he's younger too, so I think that fits them perfectly. Sadiq Bey, you know, he we're expected to see him make that year two improvement. This team has a perfect balance of com- competing and improvement. I think they want to see improvement from the young guys, but I think they also have the ability to compete at the same time. In worst case scenario, they make the plan, only makes their players better. They don't make the plan, they bring in another, another young pick. guy. Yeah. So it's like they're in a win-win situation and they have a lottery protected pick. So if they do make the lottery, the pick goes to them.
0: And I think this draft man, if Killian doesn't Pan out, you have a lot of good guards in this
1: draft. You can, go get, a you can also. go get players. You go get Jaden Hardy. Do you need you pl- a guard.
2: Jaden Hardy, you could plug him in at the
1: 2K to play as a full-time one. That's exactly what I'm saying. You don't necessarily need the guard with I mean,
0: Hardy's a guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hardy's a guard. So I think, yeah, a shooting guard. You need a guy like that. I think a yeah, kid. Of course. It, it just depends because I think in this draft, there's just can't miss players. You can put Griffin.
2: You can get Griffin, put him in there too. And
0: a five. And, you know, Stewart is an undersized five, so that I'd be good. But Ho- Amani's the home run pick in this draft, I think. And is he eligible to be drafted? I, I, I'll I have to figure that out for you. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's this year or next year, but, I mean, yeah. He's
2: playing college, so I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: I mean, even if they yeah. get Paola and they put
2: Jeremy at the three.
0: It doesn't matter if Cade is a wing or a guard or whatever you want to classify him as. Yeah. If Imani's there, you take him. He's a can't-miss prospect. He's going to be a superstar. We'll
2: be Imani with Cade. Oh, my God. Oh. oh, my God. Okay, so because he will not turn 19 until January 2023, Bates will not be eligible for the NBA draft next year.
0: No, okay. So yeah, so he has to spend two years in college. So the Pistons aren't getting it. Yeah, so yeah, my perfect scenario for the Pistons is is if— Unless they change the rule by the end of next year. If Killian doesn't pan out, I'm going after Jaden Hardy. If Killian does pan out, I'm going after Griffin. And I'm getting a solidified five.
1: Fair enough. I mean, you guys basically hit the nail on the head. I mean, if Cade Cunningham is who we all think he is going to be— it's possible they are a playing team. I mean, they have some solid talent here. You guys mentioned Jeremy Grant, who has been vastly improving throughout the entirety of his career, but from the year prior to last season was a tremendous increase. He's a solid offensive scorer. Uh, Sadiq Bey had a solid rookie season last season. Um, that being said, Luca Garza, sneaky pick by them in the second round. He played well in, pre, he, in, the, he, uh, de- in summer league. league. He definitely did. I think, was he first team or I think he was second team? He was one of them. Regardless of that fact, you take a late, a, a late second-round flyer on him, a guy who's already shown you what he can be in college. Uh, twenty, I think he was like a 23-point-per-game scorer at Michigan. College player of the year. Solid. He didn't go to Michigan. Iowa. You're 100% right. I got the colors mixed up. I got you. Don't yeah, worry. Thanks, I got you. But regardless of that, he was a solid player, a solid offensive player, and he dropped to the second round. What do the Pistons have to lose by taking a guy like that? And you pair him with Cade Cunningham, who obviously has the facilitating ability to get Luka involved into the game. I look at Josh Jackson, too, a guy who was a third-round pick a few years ago, was basically underwhelming with his time with the Suns. Went to Memphis, was pretty underwhelming there, but we saw some strides, uh, a a few strides uh, with his short stint in Memphis. Then he goes, and now he's finally playing similar uh, at least somewhat of what they thought they were getting with the third overall pick here in the with the Pistons. We just need to see it on a more consistent basis. He had a, he had a few uh, decent scoring games last year. It's just as long as he can do it on a night in night out basis, Pistons are going to be solid and they can reach the ceiling of what we think could be a playing team. But me personally, I just think that they're not ready yet. I just think that they they're pretty they're a young overall squad. Uh, sure, they have some st- star potential talent here with Jeremy Graham, obviously Cade, and-, and Sadiq Bey potentially, but ultimately, I just think that they're a year away, and or a year or two away from being perennial playoff contenders.
0: You think Garza plays, though?
1: Uh, I just think that with the... He's on the two-way how, way right now. I think that with the youth that they have right now, but why Olenek, not give him a chance? Stewart. Listen, Olenek is going to be a starter, no doubt about it. I just think that they should try and at least give him some kind of bench minutes.
0: Yeah, I just don't. It's just hard when you got nine guys that are no, better than I'm you. I'm with you. I'm with it's you. It's hard. <laughs> and I don't even know because, I mean, who's better,
1: Trey Lyles or Luca Garza?
2: It's tough. I would say Trey at the moment.
1: Hey, Trey. Right. But wouldn't you take the flyer on Luca? You know what I'm saying? No, they're probably going exactly, to give him some runs. As they should. At this point, you're the Pistons. He's you're not a two-way. So
0: I think hard. if injuries happen, yeah. It's hard to give a two-way some
2: run,
1: you know? He played well during this preseason. I mean, why not at least let him continue to show what he's got?
0: Is there a reality where Jeremy Grant has one of the more massive drop-offs that we've ever seen? Because at Denver, he was a 13-point-per-game scorer. Throughout his career, he's been uh, floating around 8 to 13 a game. All of a sudden, last year, he jumps up to 20-plus. Is there a chance that now this year with the Pistons – we see him just go back to what he just, he once was.
2: But would it be an indictment on him or just a team?
0: No, it definitely on him.
1: I wouldn't say, I'm not thinking that he's going to get worse personally. I think if Sadiq definitely gets better, him. you bring in Cade. Exactly. Killian,
2: if he gets better, and then Kelly Olenek, you're bringing him in. But now.
0: we're now, but off of his season, we're now putting him in that borderline all star territory. That's true. So he can't drop off. Is
2: there a way where he, is there a, Theme where we see him get traded at the deadline.
0: I don't know. That's tough.
1: Yo, that'd be interesting.
0: I don't know. That's tough. I I don't think so.
2: And maybe they just bank on. The young guys were just gonna ride with these young guys. Like, is there cap.
0: is there a role Jeremy Grant averages like fifteen a game last like this upcoming season? I guess I, so. I don't personally see yeah, it
2: go. I, I think eighteen would be the is low. Yeah, 15's low.
0: I mean, look like, at his career. That's what he's been. Because
2: I think he's in a in an established role now. Like he knows he's the number one leading like leading he's offensive player. So I don't think fifteen unless he's shooting shitty then it's like <laughs> well,
3: unless you know, he just takes that real.
0: reduced role, because I don't know for me I just find it so hard to believe that somebody improved that drastically mm-hmm. in the off season
3: when I think he the majo- him, when
0: the majority of their career was this type yeah, of player
2: that's true I could see it i I' I'll say 17 18 would be the drop-off
0: yeah and that that would be a huge drop-off oh
1: my god I'm sure pistons fans would be
0: that would that would change my whole perspective on what the pistons can be because I think he gets traded. My ana- at that point.
1: my analysis on the Pistons
0: is based off of borderline All-Star Grant, Cade Cunningham being the rookie of the year, uh Sadiq Bey being like sixteen a game and yeah. shooting great, and Killian like being like a twelve, twelve a game, like eleven, twelve a game.
2: I think if he drops off like that, they trade him. They might at that point, Twenty mil is now worth fifteen points a game.
0: And now we've ran through all fifteen teams in the Eastern Conference. Very long show. And we're going to finish off this show with our final seedings predictions. So I'll start with you, Riv. Tell me your Eastern Conference standings. So we'll go one, from to 1 to 15.
2: Okay, here we go. Bucks, Nets, Hawks, Heat, Boston, Bulls, Knicks, Sixers, Pacers, Raptors, Wizards, Hornets, Pistons, Cavs, and Magic.
0: I like that you said it, but I was very confused because you didn't number them.
2: So you want me to start over?
0: Yes. Okay, I got you. <laughs> All right, I'll it's... start first though, since right. I get it. Give your break. You give your voice a little break. Um, <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Number one, the Nets. Number two, the Bucks. Three, I have the Knicks. They will be the third seed Four, the <laughs> Miami Heat. Five, Chicago Bulls. I think they have one of the better offenses in the NBA. It's going to be very fun to watch. Six, the Boston Celtics. Center position still scares me. Seven, the Atlanta Hawks. I think the Atlanta Hawks drop down to the seventh seed this upcoming season. He swears they're better than them. The eighth seed, the The 76ers will be a play-in team without Ben Simmons. They'll be the eighth seed. And also, you can't rely on Embiid. Ninth seed, the Hornets. Tenth, the Pacers. Eleven, the Raptors. Twelve, the Wizards. Thirteen, Cleveland. Fourteen, Detroit. And fifteen, Orlando.
2: Okay, so to start it off, <clears throat> I got one, the Bucks. That mindset is still going to be there. I got two, Brooklyn. I can trust Harden and KD. Third, the Hawks. Cam Reddish, six-man-a-year, Trey Young. Fourth, I got Miami. And then fifth, I got Boston. Sixth, I got Chicago. Seventh, I got the Knicks. Eighth, I'm, I agree with you. I got Philly at eight. Nine, I got Indiana. Ten, Toronto. Eleven, Washington and then the 12th Hornets 13th I got the Pistons 14th the Cavs and then the 15th I got Orlando they really
0: got the Knicks at seven
2: man. you have the Hawks at seven that's reasonable that, that's dumb
0: No, it's you we're, need to switch, we're better than the Hawks you, not even what, close uh, all right
1: here Hawks. we go so my number one team unfortunately Brooklyn Nets number two Milwaukee Bucks number three Miami Heat four giving Ben's there, <laughs> 76ers Number five, Atlanta Hawks. Number six, Boston Celtics. Number seven, Chicago Bulls. Number eight, New York Knickerbockers. Oh, my god! Number nine, Pacers. Ten, Hornets. Eleven, Raptors. Twelve, Wizards. Thirteen, Pistons. Fourteen, Cavs. Fifteen, Magic.
0: It's cool. Last year, everybody doubted them anyway.
1: You doubted them, too.
0: Okay, yeah, I did. I'm, I'm part of that, and that's why I'm not doing it this year. Respect. I'm not going to do it this year. I mean, you're a playing
2: team. Like, yeah. You're a playoff team.
0: No, we're we're the we're going to be the third best team in the Eastern Conference. You can bookmark that. Don't do that. You can bookmark it. Book it. Book it. The third <laughs> best team in the Eastern Conference. The New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett, year three leap. Mitchell Robinson gonna be healthy. Kemba Walker is not washed. He's still an All Star caliber point guard. Evan Fournier. Huge for our floor spacing. And the Knicks have a top five bench in the NBA. If somebody goes down, we we got guys to step right in and play great. And, of course, Tom Thibodeau, who's a top five coach in the NBA right now. Lock it in. Knicks. Stop uh,
2: saying you're better than Atlanta.
0: Definitely lock in the Knicks over 42 wins.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is a lot. Yeah, that's a, a lot. Stop saying you're better than Atlanta, though. Please, please. You're not. Like, Stop. We One are better than so. Atlanta. No, you're
0: not. You're not. You'll see. You're not. You'll see. One season doesn't doesn't mean everything. They fucking destroyed y'all. So the the Heat are better than the Bucks this past season? They just got smoked out. Wait, but but the but the Heat destroyed the Bucks in the bubble.
2: Yeah, where people were not saying when they was about to run it back that he can beat them again. People I didn't saying, say it. I
3: no.
0: didn't say it either. I thought I picked the Bucks the first time. I picked. The I, Bucks. I looked
2: stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I picked, that's what I did. I did what you did. I, I picked the Bucks. So I'm just saying, just because they beat us in the playoffs last year doesn't mean they're better than us now.
2: They are because they they have the same team and they're just going to continue to get better. You yeah, pick, exactly.
0: They have the same team. We that smoke. You didn't y'all. pick up, but you, you didn't wait. wait hold on. We have y'all. a different. You didn't pick team. up
2: anybody that's better than their team. That's better. On, like that's better. That's marginally better. Trey Young is still there. Is still a big gap between Trey Young and 48. Kemba. Forty-eight. <laughs> Yo, him and the way Bogdan said that. are the same guy. They're
0: literally the same guy, bro. RJ pick- Barrett.
2: Oh, DeAndre oh, Hunter, come oh. on, stop he's it.
0: not big. Be- DeAndre Hunter's not better than RJ. Stop chatting. He was playing
2: at a better level. He got hurt. Randall the playoffs. Randall Collins. What the hell, Randall? All
0: right, then. Yeah, yeah, what's Clint or, yeah of course. Clint or anybody in your Mitchell five. Robinson. He's better than Clint. He Stop. Even- he's Stop. better Stop. than Clint. Stop. If Mitchell Robinson plays up to his potential this year, if, if, he's if, better if, than Clint. If, if, if,
2: if, 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 <laughs> I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well,
0: I'm the just... Knicks are a young team. There's a lot of and Ipsen what, and what are Atlanta, Atlanta teams? Yeah, Atlanta's a
2: young. They're first of all, they have Trey Young. Stop it. He beat y'all alone. He literally carved jaw up and destroyed jaw in five. Five games. Don't I don't want to. I don't want to hear the. It could have been six.
0: <laughs> no, he beat you in basically five. Six. Games. Basically six. It was basically six. Yeah. And if Mitchell's there, maybe seven. If Mitch's there, we win. What?
2: No. No. If Mitch's there, we win. I can't wait. I, I Explo- need. I need them to run it back. I like. I need to see round two. It's like you
0: got yo. It's like people forget how dominant of a defensive center Mitchell Robinson is. Well, when
2: you don't play for a season, you know you kind of forget that. People did it to Steph Curry. They're damn sure they're gonna do it to Mitch.
0: So you, so you forgot about her? You know, you know who Mitch is. I know who Mitch you is. You know who Mitch is. I'm saying, people so stop underrating Steph the Mitch. You the know season, who Mitch people is. People
2: forgot who he was. What the hell do you think they're gonna remember, Mitch? If, if, you know come who, who Mitch is. God.
0: God. Like, <laughs> like what? You know who Mitch is. Though So uh, we all, put, put, put some respect. Some respect on on his do we know his who name.
2: Julius Randle is? Yes. Because after that playoffs, I don't know all who AMB that is. He's an
0: All NBA player, man.
1: All NBA player put that went to the playoffs. Name?
0: You got who?
1: Like, how do you play that back? I know you talk spicy on Ben Simmons. All NBA. <laughs> all NBA guy they both it's play like shit. It's different because
0: Ben Simmons mentality is different. Rando was shooting; He was getting his shot off. He, this, oh he, he didn't just go bricked. In. Oh it just happened he when he go got in. to the playoffs he <laughs> just couldn't but go next in time, anymore. Next time no shots are gonna go in. Uh, okay. Oh, RJ Barrett stops keeping on him too.
2: Oh it's another you guy. Wanna, you
0: want to keep down on RJ Barrett All you no. want to do it. Fine.
2: Alright. Just, I'm just i just confused because you got. We you,
0: could rewind this video back a year from uh, now I mean, or not even like a couple months from now. Knicks third seed. This mm year's the, the Knicks are what the Suns were last year. Tough. Shocking everybody. Third okay, seed. Okay. Going to be a top I'm just seed.
2: confused because you said you guys were hitting shots and all of a sudden, three <laughs> days later, the playoffs start, you couldn't hit anymore. I, I'm confused about that logic. But yeah, I, Players I, didn't show up. No, oh. no excuses.
0: Oh, good. I'm but glad they, you but said they that. they know there's no excuses. Those players know. And those players are going to come back better. Mm. Definitely know that. You
2: wasted Tom Thibodeau's Coach of the Year award. You wasted it.
1: And Julius Randle's most improved. Team.
0: Yeah. Wasted but Julius it. Julius Randle didn't play good himself. So. That's your guy. That is my guy. He's gonna he's gonna step up Hughes this year. Good. I don't know what more he can do to step up, but uh, he's gonna make sure that you don't believe this previous season was a fluke. That's what he's gonna do.
2: Mm. I think he can do it again in the regular season. It's
0: it's the playoffs that I'm confused about. I'm telling you,
1: the you Knicks guys aren't better than the Hawks, man. That's it. Yes,
0: we are better than the Hawks. No. Okay, okay. Don't make we'll the same we'll watch mistake, this yeah? video a, All right. a couple months no. from now. i and I'm when sure. the Hawks are a lower sure we'll seed, okay. the Knicks are higher one. And the Knicks beat them in the playoffs. I hope we get that matchup. Now let's see who's talking. The <laughs> Knicks, I'm telling you, stop sleeping on the Knicks. All right. Stop sleeping on All the right. Knicks. And you should feel much more excited about the Chicago Bulls.
2: I'm excited. I just don't want to be, you know what I'm saying, like you. A fool. I want to be very, uh, very, got to wait, got to wait It's just you,
0: You're more of a Curry fan than you are a fan of your own team.
2: No, I'm just, I, I don't, you know. Because you're a fool for the Warriors. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a... It's a difference. i just seen a man average 30 and, and going to the play only because the team was hurt. With the Bulls, it's it's hard because we ain't been that in a while, you know, so we got to wait and see. So it's a wait and see process.
0: All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Pick a Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Pick a Podcast, on Twitter at the Pick a Pod, and join our Discord. You know, let's have, <laughs> let's debate, let's chat. Let's get it live. We have over 40 people in it right now. It's great. And also drop down your predictions down below on the Eastern Conference. Where do you see each team finishing? Let us know. Thank you for watching and or listening, and we'll see you next time.